Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast looking at the IMP's top 250 movies of all time, and sometimes the bottom 100 as well. I'm your host, Darren Mooney, and joining me as always is my super sexy co-host, Andrew Quinn. How are you, Andrew? Hello, Darren. I'm very well, thank you. This is, this is us. Just the two of us, baby. Just you and I. When was the last time we did this? Was it Warrior? It was warrior appropriate enough for the like hyper macho masculine kind of thing we seem to have going. The hoedown bro down. Quite literally, perhaps, um, to a certain extent. Although, to be clear, I think the movie we're talking about today is very careful to stress no homo. Um, <laughs> it is a very much a no homo movie in that sense. Quite awkwardly and uncomfortably at times. It's a, I don't know about that. Ooh, well, oh, this will be fun to talk about. Because, yeah, this is a movie that there's a lot to talk about. I am, to be frank, a little bit nervous about this. Because this is an Indian movie that we are talking about. We're talking about a movie from Bollywood. We're talking about a movie that made the bottom 100. And normally when we have an Indian movie to talk about, we have our experts, in, or our expert in Indian cinema. Ireland's expert in Indian cinema, um, Giovanna Rampazzo. And her partner, Babu Patel, on to help and provide some context and stuff. So we are going by ourselves on this one. Um, so I am quite frankly terrified because I am not an expert in Indian cinema. We're driving without the helmet, Darren. We are indeed. It should be noted, like, a lot of Indian movies have come into the 250, like, over the past year. And we've made a, I, I have made a point of, like, putting them aside so we can talk about them when it's safe to talk about them with Giovanna and Babu. So, like, for example, the first entry in the Apu trilogy. Uh, one of the classic landmark movies of Indian cinema, one of the classics of world cinema, one of the greatest movies of all time, entered the 250 for the first time. And we said, no, we're not going to talk about that. We are going to talk about this one, which is Da Bang 3, the movie from 2019, the third entry in the Da Bang franchise, starring Salman Khan, the Tom Cruise of Bollywood, as it were. And the reason that we're talking about this is because when it entered the bottom 100, I text Andrew and I said, hey, Guess what entered the 250? Guess what entered the bottom 100? And here's a trailer for it. And Andrew immediately texted me back and said, can we talk about it, please? So we are talking about the it. The trailer did not disappoint. Like, the, I won't I won't go into the movie, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was a great trailer. <laughs> um, we, should, we should mention, like, again, we on this podcast before have talked about Sam and Cam. We talked about Race 3 which was another kind of third entry in a larger franchise starring Salman Khan. Um, and that was a movie that I think Andrew and I kind of um, clicked with, perhaps. We got on its wavelength in terms of it maybe not being a good movie by most objective senses of those two words put together like that, but it was big, it was bawdy, it was colourful, and it was full of energy. Mm. There's a moment in that movie where characters execute a daring heist while Salman Khan dances in a nightclub to... I've been thinking about you by London Beat. Um, it is one of the wildest things I have ever seen. So I think we were both very eager to get a chance to to talk about this. Um, so just very quickly before we jump in, your initial impressions of this, Andrew. Like you said, the trailer, the trailer was fantastic. Did the movie live up to your expectations? Um, it was like it, the <laughs> it was very it was a very messy movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it it's it it was um like it's 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 like the 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 people who made the trailer like they they understand you know how stories are told <laughs> and that sort of thing <laughs> and that the and that the people the who pe- made the movie per- perhaps didn't but and I mean maybe I, I don't know maybe that's unfair no it, it it I I had fun watching it. I also felt kind of like 
um, at times, um, you know, um, uh, punished <laughs> watching it. There were moments where it felt like punishing. We are like, why, why am I watching this? But there, there were enjoyable aspects to it too. Um, it's a, it's, it's a comedy, <laughs> but with very like kind of strange tonal shifts. Yes. So there are moments that you can that, that you can kind of find entertaining. Um, and then it will pivot sharply. Yeah, yeah. What about yourself, Darren? Yeah, well, just in terms of what you mentioned there, in terms of it being a movie with wild tonal shifts, which it absolutely is, and I look forward to talking about some of those tonal shifts in the spoiler zone. In terms of context, and again, I'm just going to say this now before we talk about the movie. I am not an expert in this. I do not know what I'm talking about. I'm going to make stupid mistakes, and I apologize to any listeners who are better informed. But in my research, uh, I determined that, like, this is what... You did a lot of research, Darren. I feel like you've seen more... You've seen as many <laughs> Debang movies as there are Debang movies. That is that is fair. I went on a debinge of Debang movies and I got a lot of Debang for my debunk. And, and um, you watched the Russian version and And the and the Tamali version and the um Tegalu, right? There, Tegaloo, there's yeah, like a Tegalu and there's probably like other versions as Canada well. Canada version as well and stuff like that. Yeah, no, there's a lot to talk about. There's there, again, that's that's its own separate thing in terms of talking about what this movie is. But it is broadly speaking what uh, film Indian film experts call a masala film, uh, much like the the cuisine, the mixture of spices in Indian cuisine. Because the idea is that it is a movie that combines absolutely everything that you could want in a movie. So typically mixing action, comedy, romance, drama, melodrama, musical, mus- musical as well, yeah. all in one film. And again, this is one of the things I think Giovanna kind of talked about this. She, she kind of alluded to this, I think, when we talked about it was probably the Gan once upon a time in, in India. But like because of the way that Indian cinema historically functioned, which was that you had these single screen cinemas uh, across the country, which had these huge um, kind of auditoriums where thousands of people would sit like an entire town's economy they would have tickets that they would give to the staff to sell instead of paying the staff to work there and things like that so the idea was that you had these big single screen cinemas that everybody piled into around the country so instead of having a multiplex like we have now where you would have one screen showing a comedy one screen showing an action movie one screen showing a romance the logic was quite simple what if we have a single two and a half hour movie that is everything that the entire family could want together. We have the romance for, you know, the parents. We have the comedy for the kids. We have the action for the stereotypical depiction of the dad. Just in one movie. And we have air conditioning. <laughs> yes, <laughs> crucially. Um, it's one of the core things. Um, but yeah, no, so that, that's that's kind of like the background in terms of like the genre. So this is not unusual. And I did. I, for my sins, um, for research for this, chose to watch Da Bang. Uh, and Debang 2, the two previous entries in the franchise. And I'm kind of curious, actually, and I want, like, we'll probably talk again in more depth in the spoiler zone, but just to get a sense of this, right? Because I, I came with this as a fan of the Debang franchise with an understanding of its characters, its mythology, its its in-jokes, its internal logic. Did you ever feel locked out of Debang 3? Did you ever sit down and go, oh, that was probably explained in one of the previous two movies. I feel like I'm not getting a joke here. What was it like going in blind? No, I, I, I maybe naively thought that like <laughs> um, I, I got the movie on on the level at which it was pitched. <laughs> like the, 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 
because they did they did kind of there was a lot of for for a third movie there was a lot of sort of like flashbacks and yeah like you know um they went to like you know a, a a younger version of his life and i'm like was this not the first and second movie because if it's not the first and second movie what was the first and second movie why are we doing this now like yeah. i feel like we know pretty much everything that this person has done in their life um and i don't think that everything and that anything has been missed how could there how could there be how could there be two movies um unless this is both a sequel and a prequel it is it is a circumquel is what they call it circumquel um, yes to match the injury that one goon gets in the opening scene it is a circumquel yeah, yeah there is a circumcision in this yeah. um but uh, like actually no we should dispel that myth like most circumcisions don't go that way with like a bowie knife and no and they don't tend to go kind of like down the um the y axis of the the body they don't tend yeah. to like you know yeah. if any of our listeners are like considering like the what can happen is that the skin on the penis can 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 get the too um uh, tight for the gland um and don't be worried um that 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 you're going to be faced with a with a bowie knife going going kind of like down the y axis that's uh, uh, I mean, it, it's very important that we fight these these you know misconceptions that the movie might possibly give people. Um, yeah, that, that's also something that I want to talk about when we get into this war zone because this is a for, very strange movie for adults. Of- for adults who are getting a uh, circumcision, it's good because don't say don't say that your foreskin is too tight. Say that your penis is too big. Thank, um, thank you, Andrew. I like that. Getting rid of the stigma. <laughs> some uh, tip. One witty <laughs> remark at the, at the time. Um, yeah, and remember when you when you you know it is customary to tip your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> again, quite like again, and watching the three Debang movies, and I guess again, this is probably something to say for the spoiler zone. I one of the big interesting results of that kind of like masala sensibility that you mentioned the sense of it being a four quadrant movie that is everything you could want in a movie simultaneously and often contradictory and within minutes of one another with no like pivot between the two extremes whatsoever it these are weirdly wholesome but horny movies yeah it's like they have to contextualize everything as well yeah it's like if you see that and it's not like this isn't this isn't cool. <laughs> you know, even oh, yeah. if you see people smoking, like it's not all right that they're doing this. And it's like violence. It's a very, very violent movie. Yeah. But it's also kind of um, has to undercut the violence by saying that, like, you know, violence isn't OK. What does violence beget, Andrew? One of the characters asks. He doesn't say, "What does violence beget, Andrew?" That would be a very direct. Well, he asks, it, "What would violence beget?" It's a weird kind of a um, like an extreme version of American cinema. Yes. Like, and we we've spoken about this. How rare it is to have like an on-screen kiss. Yeah. In it, so like sexuality is um, kind of um, is taboo. 
I yeah, guess. it's kind of repressed and unspoken yeah. and kind of like buried there. You know, you'd almost imagine the lead characters have a kid and you'd imagine that they found the kid under a cabbage patch. Like, right. again, there, I don't think there are any sequences in Debang 3 with the married couple in bed together. But when there are sequences in Debang 2 of the characters in bed together, they're both pretty much fully clothed. Like, he comes in and he changes into his pajamas and sleeps beside her on his side of the bed, never touching her. Which is an interesting. You have one of those like droopy little hats <laughs> with the with the with the, with the little poofy thing on the end of it. Yeah, um, they sleep in separate beds. It's it's like a nineteen fifty marriage. <laughs> but like, the, but the like that's the interesting thing about it is that it, it has that sensibility, right? It has that sensibility whatsoever. But like, there's also like recurring jokes in which like when they're dancing, he will adjust his pants as if moving his penis out of the way, and like. I don't know if he does the dance move in Debang 3, but in Debang and Debang 2, there are sequences where he thrusts wildly with his hips while flapping his hand over his crotch as if to suggest that his penis is blowing in the wind. Uh, and it's very strange to have that juxtaposed with... Sorry. Yeah, but no kissing. What? what, what? It's a little, he does like a thing. It's like a... Like it's flapping in the wind? And that he's yeah. trying to kind of calm us? Or like... Um... Uh, it's, it's bat- more that batten it's, it down it's it's more like there are is he okay, trying to tie it tie it down so that it doesn't like fly off uh, okay without like again we're we should probably jump into the spoiler zone but there's a moment in this movie where the lead character chabul Pe- chabul pende uh the fearless one of the title played by salman khan announces his arrival to two goons who are peeing in a stream. Yes. By peeing further and higher than they are. They turn around, he's standing there, and he's still peeing. And the camera holds on his smiling that's face. That's the classic move, though. Like, the, <laughs> the, I, I don't think that spoils much. No, no, I don't think it. It's, it's like a single gag within a two and a half hour movie. But there's a moment where he kind of pauses and smiles at them. And I was wondering, like, is the move here that he's going to beat them to death with his own penis? Because that seems like this might be where this scene is going. And then thankfully you hear the sound of a zipper and what happens next happens off screen. A, f- a friend and um, a friend of mine from school has his own podcast where they talk about Sligo sports. And he spoke about how um, I was listening to this podcast and he was explaining how one of the people who we used to play rugby with would be in the shower and would ask, hey, do, do you have the, do you know what time it is? My watch isn't working. He would point at his wrist. They ha- had like, this was difficult to explain in an audio medium. Um, but yeah. It, Don't worry, it give would, it a go. So he had his penis wrapped around his wrist. Um, oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and people, <laughs> it was like, how, how did, how, what, what? Anyway, sorry. We we this is what happens when we don't when have we don't have guests. <laughs> our, our guests, yeah. I, I I do love, by the way, that Andrew's like this is very difficult to explain in an audio medium, as if like he was just <laughs> waiting to go. But let me vis- let me visualize it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right then. So before we jump into the spore zone, then three questions to kind of get us started. And we should point out that the movie is available to American or international audiences to watch on Amazon Prime. The first two are not. The first two, you have to find a special subscription service. I think Eros Now is the big Bollywood that sounds, service. Um, it does sound a little saucy, if uh, if I do don't. say so myself. 
Um, I'm very nervous about my bank statements now showing payments to Eros now because I felt obligated to watch Da Bang and Da Bang 2. In particular, like watching Da Bang on Eros now sounds particularly um saucy. I think so. I think like the the um people are like, oh, it's always the quiet ones, isn't it? The ones you least <laughs> suspect. It's um, <laughs> what they'll say. Um but yes, yeah, so three questions to get us started. So Andrew, do you think that the Bang Three is one of the worst 100 movies ever made. Um, I suspect it's not. I'm curious, kind of. It, it, it certainly is kind of you know messy. But I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, like, are there? There's often an in the bottom 100 a sort of like an underlying reason why something is in the bottom 100. Yes. And I wonder what that is. Like, like the, is is this? I don't know. Like, obviously, we we we. we All we're going to be doing here is baselessly speculating. By the way, to be clear, we are not experts. Right. Yet. And I'm coming to this from an, an area of no expertise. But I wonder, like. Like, is it that, is there a kind of a resentment in Modi's India of, of these um, uh, 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 cans like Amir and Salman? Obviously, Amir is doing very well. On the Amir two. is, yeah, like very, very clear. Like we, we've talked about two of the three cans of Hollywood. We've talked about Salman and we've talked about Amir. And we've talked about or Amir Bollywood. in the context, yeah, of Bollywood, sorry. We've talked about, like, Amir in the context of the greatest 250 movies ever made, exclusively. And we've talked about Salmon in the context of the worst 100 movies uh, ever made. And I do think you actually hit on something there that is very interesting. Because I did, I, did I did some minor research for this, and I went back and I looked at the IMDb. And I looked in particular at Salman Khan's films, right? So... I mentioned Bang 3 made an entry on the bottom 100 uh, and it came in. It came in, I think, a couple of weeks ago as we're recording this. We should also mention that he had another movie come in uh, to the bottom 100, which is Rade. It actually came in lower, came in after Bang 3. The Bang Three, uh, and that is the thirteenth worst movie ever made. It's known as Most Wanted. It is an action crime thriller. Rade released. Rade. Yep. Um, it's so yeah. That is that is another entry on the bottom one hundred since the Bang Three, starring Salman Khan. Obviously, we mentioned Race Three is in there as well. But even if you look at his recent movies that like aren't on the bottom one hundred, they tend to have very low scores. So like Barat, which is his like prestige historical comedy drama um has a rating of 4.8 uh yamala pagla diwana fierce which i apologize for mangling um his action comedy about a man hounded by big pharma um hoping that is uh, hoping to discover his age-old formula that cures everything has a rating of 4.5 uh, Tigers in the High does much better, which is a group, which is his, based on a true story Four and movie. a half isn't bad for a Salman Khan movie, like compared <laughs> yeah. to what we've seen, right? Yeah. No, Tube Light from 2017 has a 3.8, uh, which is well, the, a story of two brothers set during the Sino-Indian War. The younger one who's at war with the borders and the elder who's at war with his own world. I suppose we 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 should, and I think you've pointed this out before. One is the lowest that you can give. Yes. So when Rade has a score of one point eight out of ten, and Race Three has a score of one point five out of ten. So just to give a sense of like how 
impassioned the people who have these opinions about Salman Khan. You can't give it any lower than a one. Yeah, so it's effectively a 0.5, basically, in terms of, like, possible ratings that you can give. So I do think there is an element of that there. And I think, I don't know why that is, whether it is a result of, like, cultural shifts in Modi's India, whether or not, and and again, this is maybe something we'll talk about in the Spore Zone, whether or not perhaps some of Khan's bad boy antics have begun to catch up with him, at least in terms of the people who post on IMDb in that he seems to be becoming an increasingly um, polarizing figure in Indian cinema. Uh, and indeed, we mentioned, I, de- I described him in the introduction as the Tom Cruise of Indian cinema. And again, not an expert, probably horribly reductive. But I was watching this with my very limited knowledge of Salman Khan's public persona. And I was wondering, does this feel a bit like kind of a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible car wash deal? where Khan is trying to basically launder his public persona um, through this movie and say, hey, I'm not all those things that I'm controversial for in the press. Don't worry about them. I'm going to act them out in very benign ways in this particular film here. And uh, yeah, yeah, you'll see that I'm such I'm a nice guy after all, you know? It's like I I didn't kill that person. Um, um, (laughs) No, sorry. Um, (laughs) I I didn't I I I was watching it and I thought like this is kind of a more woke like Tommy yes. was though yes <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> it like yeah about telling people just like announcing how how, great how much he is. they respect and, and, women and, yeah. and how yeah they really uh, respects women and wants to kind of take care of them. And there, there, there is a lot of. I guess, like, we're not getting into the themes of of the movie, or I mean, maybe we are. Like, who cares? Yeah, that's it exactly. <laughs> this is our podcast. There's no guests. We can do what we want. Yeah, you know? but 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 uh, about there there being a real kind of a, um, uh, uh, I mean, not just in India, but especially in India, we hear a lot about it, uh, violence against women. Um, about rape, um, acid attacks, um, yes. honor killings, and that this is a movie that that the um, that addresses it, and I guess more power to it. But it's also kind of like um, this sort of um, uh, congratulatory sort of. Um, it it feels very sort of self serving for for. Yeah. For 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 the character that Salomon Khan is playing. Congratulations, you did the bare minimum. I mean, and I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe it's churlish to 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 kind of criticize it too much, but it definitely it definitely feels kind of um, uh, like a weird sort of a PR um, a exercise at times. Performative, perhaps. I mean, maybe that's unfair. I don't know. Like you've done more more research than I have, predictably. <laughs> in keeping with our characterization on the podcast. Well, I mean, like, yeah, we should, like, in terms of the Dabang franchise, which is a big, big deal over in India, um, there's already been a fourth movie announced. There's a Chabal ba- Pandey animated series that will be coming nice. uh, later next... Yeah, I know, exactly. Um, I'm wondering if there will be more or less circumcision in that one, but we'll have to just wait and see on that. Um, but, like, it is, it's a big deal, and it's one of Salman Khan's uh, flagship franchises, like Mission Impossible is for Tom Cruise. To I'd like... Point... I, I, I want to see the... In the uh, Chattel Pande um, shared universe, yeah, no, in 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 the animated uh, series, 
I want there to be a thing either in the intro or in the outro. Do you remember the um, Back to the Future? Um, oh, the live action. So like, there's, yeah, there's like, yeah, so yeah. Presumably we don't get Salman Khan. We get like Arbiz Khan playing his brother or something like that. It has to explain the moral of the episode that you're about to see. Exactly. I'd like to see that. Yeah. They were great, weren't they? They were. Uh, well, and, and How many of them ones. were there? There was probably not that many at all. I think there um, were two whole seasons of them. So probably right. somewhere to reach about 30 episodes. Sounds about right. That they, that they had... Um, Christopher Lloyd. I want to say David Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> Lloyd George. Christopher <laughs> Lloyd. David Lloyd is from Only Fools and Horses, isn't he? It sounds possibly something else. It does. It rings some other bells anyway. Um... But yeah, you just you in terms of asking about like the bang and the the perceived um self-servingness of it and the performativeness of it, like it being one of Salman Khan's vehicles, we should notice uh, that it is produced by Salman Khan Films. Uh, it is also produced by Arbiz Khan, who is Salman Khan's brother, who plays his brother Maki here as well, actually, uh, in a very interesting choice. Um, it should be noted that the director of the first Dabang movie, um, and I will, who was Abhinav Singh Kashyap, has claimed that the Khan brothers basically tried to ruin his career um, after he directed the movie, so he did not return for the sequel. Predictably, um, the sequel was actually directed by Arbiz Khan. Uh, it was directed by Salman's brother as well. So, you know, it's very much keeping it in the family. And then the third one, you probably noticed looking at the credits, has a story by credit for Salman Khan himself and a script credit for Salman Khan himself. So this is very doesn't much... He, all... Doesn't he announce himself as Salman Khan at some point in the movie? <laughs> no, no, not exactly. What happens is no, the director, a... the director uh, Pabru Diva, who is a famous choreographer in Bollywood, shows up during a dance He number. looked like a pop star. It was yeah. like they introduce kind of a, a, a female pop star. I'm thinking... Is this like a third love interest? <laughs> is this a is this a James Bond movie? Yeah, and 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 but then they they have like a male pop star as well. Yeah, was, that was the director of the movie. That was the director of the movie. Yep, he, and he gets he, a weird little meet. He looks incredible. Well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. No. And I I had, to, I had to do some googling to make sure he wasn't like a pop star or like an A list actor in his own right. No, that was the director. He's a choreographer by trade. Right. Right. Very, like... Very uh, handsome man. Sparkly. (laughs) (laughs) I I like to think he was just wearing that while directing. They didn't have to put him in costume. It was just like, no, I'll show you how to do this dance scene. It's fine. Um, How do you put somebody like that behind the camera? (laughs) (laughs) There are some handsome uh, directors, right? Bradley Cooper, I guess. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bradley Cooper is a handsome man. Yeah. But yeah, so no, there there is a sense in which like this is very much a vehicle for the the Khan family and the Khan industry and Salman Khan himself. So I think yeah, you're entirely right to single it out as being very self serving and very flattering. And even like the way in which it shoots him, like the way in which it films him, is also very loving. I know we're all oh yeah, very. But it, <laughs> they, they, they they I know we're kind of like all over the map, but it the. <laughs> I didn't quite understand what was happening when he was saying like Salman Khan. Yeah. Um, 
in 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 that, in that music scene. video. And I I don't think like even though we're going to almost the end of the movie, it's not spoiling anything because it's like it an in, incongruous kind of. It remind me of singing in the rain, where they have like a certain amount of songs that they have that that they're, <laughs> they have to include, and they realize that they have to include short. in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, that leads to a weird, like, Goodfellas-type montage where all of the happy dancers in that song end up being, like, almost, like, abducted. And it looks like we they're being assume brutally... that they're dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, from the way the scene is shot, you don't realize later. X's on their faces. <laughs> yeah, which is an, an amazing juxtaposition. Well, again, like, it, not to jump too far ahead in terms of discussion, because I think, actually, that song is quite important to getting back to what the movie is It's a bit of a about. banger. I, like, I was only half listening to it, <laughs> but it was pretty good. Um, well, the the reason that that song exists is is because this is a, a third entry in the Devang franchise. It is a sequel song to a breakout hit from the first song, from the first movie, which was Money Badam High. Uh, which is basically the original version of the song was my female sweetheart was defamed. And it's about a woman who is basically accused of being loose. And she came to town and she was innocent and she fell in love and her honor and virtue were impeached uh, while they're kind of like dancing around and she's half naked and stuff like that. It's it's all very saucy and very spicy. So yeah, there, 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 were, there, there, there was a kind of like a state of undress for the... Um... For the pe- female pop star in, yeah. in in that song and dance, Marina Hussein, yeah. that she didn't see in any of the, yeah, that you didn't you didn't get with any of the 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 other women in the movie. There was a kind of a modesty to them, and there was almost kind of like scandalous to see like a little bit of kind of shoulder or something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean that's. And again, not a Bollywood expert, and maybe misusing this term, but I believe that's what's called an item number. Um, and it's called an item number because it's the sexy number. It's the I one heard that invites. Yeah. There was reference to item. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very, very explicitly. Um, like it's a self-aware item number because it doesn't fit anywhere else in the movie. Like the the thing is, again, having watched the Debang franchise, like Debang Two has like they all have this equivalent number because the the original song was so big. It was actually an international hit. It was like a a fairly successful pop song. And so the second one, they try to work it into the story by having, and, and I'm like, again, Debang 2, I'm not recommending that you watch it, Andrew, but I think that you will love this plot development. There's a moment where Maki, uh, who is Chabul Pandey's brother, they have a reconciliation with one another and they need to relax. So Chabul basically takes Maki to town, to what is heavily implied to be a whorehouse. And they have this big, sexy musical number about all these women gyrating and dancing while scantily clad. Um, and that is that is how that number exists in the second one, and then the plot just continues as what normal. What must you think of me, Darren? <laughs> <laughs> this is always like a thing you say is like you'd you'll like appreciate this, this. Yeah, you'll appreciate this. Um... <laughs> you always say it's like so we're in a whorehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point, um, but like. Like, the, the issue here is that, like, there's no way to fold this into the plot. So it just kind of happens. But, like, and again, I know we're jumping ahead of ourselves. This is after Mackie gets slapped. Because I, th- I yes! think there is, like, a reference to, at some point, like, later in the movie, when it's, like, 
they they remember have some how your brother used to treat you. Yes, and and uh, there's a flashback that is that that isn't part of this movie. Yeah, where it's like, oh, okay, they're showing bits of the other movie. It's like it's like the fan edit of Lawn War Man. Yeah, movie. that we watched to review it. That's <laughs> that awesome. we watched one time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so like. And again, we'll come back. We only to that. have one life to live. We do, and we're spending it incredibly wisely. <laughs> um, but like again, the, the the issue, the thing about that's interesting about this item song is that it exists in that weird space that we mentioned of like, it, is Saban Khan woke now? Because Money Badam High is is basically about a woman who is defamed for presumably having sex with men. Uh, honey, sweetheart, got defamed. Whereas this gender flips it. So instead of money, it becomes Mona, the male sweetheart. And like you have Saban Khan singing about how I was innocent. I came to town. You showed me these things. You changed me, basically. Um, yeah, and he's he- de- definitely kind of trying in a sort of maybe uh, awkward, clumsy way. Yeah, because like the sequence where they're dancing, like the, the male dancers have their arms wrapped around each other. Um, like Gulu, the the kind of thief who appears in the opening act of the movie, he has his hands wrapped around Salmon like he's holding like a female dancer at one point, for example. But again, there's a sense of it only going so far because the female singer is still the one who is scantily clad. You know, you still Salmon is still wearing all of his clothes. In fact, he's arguably wearing more clothes in that scene than he is at any other point in the movie because he's not wearing for long, his- Darren. <laughs> um, well, but we. We'll come back to that. But again, like that's that's the tension that plays throughout the film. So for myself, I don't think this is one of the worst 100 movies ever made. It is not I feel like we're in a hand holding club there. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's not it's not good, but it's kind of. No, no, it's really not. No, no, not at all. (laughs) But like while watching it, I kind of admired parts of it in the sense that it is committed to what it's doing. It looks really nice at points. Like, I mean, like, it, it makes no sense. The plot is absolute nonsense. We'll talk about the the plotting of this seems like it's on speed. <laughs> it seems <laughs> like somebody like took an eight-hour Netflix series and kind of cut it down and added six dance numbers to it. There's a point where it seems like the end of an episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and and I, I was like, that is what that is. Like, was was that not intended to be the end of an episode of something on Netflix? No, um, but seemingly not. And it, it's it's kind of um, messy and sort of like unstructured. I, yes. I, 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 in, like there are several points at which like the movie will reveal it. This shouldn't be happening right now. Yeah. yeah. Like no, but not even that. Like, this doesn't are... belong. Don't in do this, this now. <laughs> um, or, or don't include this at all. Yeah. Or if you're going to do this, set this up earlier. Don't reveal it after the fact <laughs> and then have it mean nothing. Which is like one of my favorite reveals of Debang 3 is like, oh, by the way, this thing that you didn't realize was happening was happening, but it doesn't matter because the bad guy figured out it was happening and that's completely irrelevant. And it's like, okay, thank you for the information. Um, which is, yeah, kind of, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. But like, despite that, there are moments like the color pops. Um, there are moments where it is kind of funny. Um, there are moments where... It is, the- yeah. No, I, I I had, sorry to interrupt you, no, did, no. but I, I, I definitely had like um, at least two, maybe three kind of laugh out loud moments. And then I had other 
uh, moments that were amusing, you yeah. know, where I had to accept that, like, yeah. yeah, it is funny. It kind of doesn't work, but I'm kind of on its wavelength, which is interesting as well. And again, it just, it, it does look really, really gorgeous. Like, the, again, maybe it's, and again, I worry that this is us exoticizing it because it's a Bollywood film, but like, you know, I'm watching like the summer blockbusters coming up for the summer that is kind of possibly going to happen in cinemas. And like American blockbusters are fine and grand, but they tend to be heavily desaturated now. They're less playful than they once were. They take themselves very seriously and very self-importantly. And there's something kind of charming about this that it's just like, no, let's pause the movie and have a weird romantic dance number where our very beautiful people dance in beautiful sunshine in front of a beautiful like green or kind of blue lagoon uh, in beautiful architecture. Oh, yeah, uh, there, there's some fantastic like kind of pinks and like the the, the there's there's a kind of an interesting thing in Indian cinema where, where it's kind of linked to kind of um I guess um I don't know what you would call it whether it's like kind of Hindu nationalism but the 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 saffron I I know like one one of one of the kind of um uh production companies I guess was saffron film so like it, it's it's woven but into the fabric kind of thing yeah 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 but they they the, um that very kind of um like the pink saris and the um the um uh, the, the the saffron but also like the very kind of i don't know like silk or polyester kind of shiny navy blue shirts yes that are worn um, extremely in, tightly and designed specifically yeah, but, for him yeah but like you know where he's wearing these kind of very uh snazzy shirts where like maybe maybe he didn't need to dress up so much you <laughs> know <laughs> where, um, give yourself a give yourself a day off pande just wear some slacks yeah, wear a tracksuit exactly yeah. yeah 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 but making like, us all look um, bad in the middle of this pandemic um yeah, where it's not going for kind of, you know, you, you watch sort of, um, I guess, similar movies where you have like a, a hard-boiled cop like yes. taking down like a criminal organization. And you, you, you things are like a little bit worn and gritty. You know, and gritty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but no, everything is kind of like, colorful and bright um, and cheerful yeah, and new yeah. and shiny and like pressed yeah. and ironed and like yeah. beautifully put together and maintained like he, to- he's, he does to be fair I think in the opening song sing about his hair gel and his sunglasses <laughs> so like you do get a sense that this is important to him this is a vital part of yeah. Chebel Pandey's like identity as the fearless one um, all right yeah then. and the, 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 how, sorry no 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 I was I was just going to talk about his ludicrous physique all right, well, we'll probably we'll probably save that for the spoilers. So we'll very quickly do the next round. Don't want to spoil it. He has a physique. The poster is his physique, to be fair. Um, it, yeah. Is it one of the worst 100 movies you've ever seen? The then? question is, yeah. like, um, like, it might be one of the worst 100 movies I've ever seen. But does, does it, um, do I want to game it on to Bad Movie Bad Island? Movie Island? I don't know. I don't yeah. know if I uh, if 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 I do because like at points it's kind of difficult to watch. Yes. Um, and 
like as enjoyable as it is in moments. Um, yeah, it's also kind of um, <laughs> like um, it's very bitty. It's a curate egg kind of situation, you know. Yeah, 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 and it, it's 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 kind of um, you wanted you, you just kind of wanted to to be better and like what are they doing and why are they doing this and um, kind of like you know don't spoil any kind of you know good um, uh, mood that you're in or kind of like tone or kind of like ambience that you or will that you build up even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's it exactly. It's goodwill. Don't don't like don't like squander you, my goodwill. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Which it does. Which <laughs> yes, it does. yes, it they, does. They, it, I, I don't I don't know if it's getting to to bad movie Ireland. The trailer was a lot of fun, and the movie itself. <laughs> In times, um, it is a bit long. It was feels was long. fun. It feels very it feels, long. Like I think you watched and it over two nights. Yeah, and it felt like it felt like a few kind of movies and for very sort of I know I did watch it in two in in two parts but it was just very disconnected and yeah. kind of um, oh no I watched it twice and like you would think the second time knowing what's coming I'd be like yeah this all fits together perfectly it was my problem not the movie's problem but it it does it like again and and this is the thing where you know again I worry it's just because my own personal preference and because I wasn't raised on these movies and because I don't necessarily have the context for them but like the mix of flavors and genres and tones really just makes the movie seem longer because it seems to be constantly stopping, switching lanes, setting stuff up and then getting back and changing. So it will do things out of nowhere that make no sense, that make you go, wait, what? And you have to stop and yeah. think about it. And it's... It establishes relationships that are then kind of um, uh, jettisoned and replaced. Yeah. Of, um, and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's full of redundancies and like it'll introduce major twists and turns late in the game like it will all, like you mentioned it feeling like a netflix show there are points where it's like oh yeah by the way the big thing that we're dealing with for the next 20 minutes hasn't been mentioned at all before and is is like a bundle of cash that we're gonna have to deal with and there's police corruption and electoral corruption and this is now a political thriller but kind of not really we're not going to go into that and it's like he, he pick Pick a lane. It's it's okay to be one thing. It seems like a kind of a hash where yeah. there, 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 there is like a lot of um, sort of stuff just kind of came together and it's like yeah. like you know just keep keep like there's a weird there was a moment where there was like a really long video call. Yes. You're wondering like what was this meant to like. How did how did this kind of how did they con conceive of this? How much did they think like and and consider kind of like do we need to kind of take this, of this out or do we need to show all of this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's another so, sequence. Like, there's a sequence where like Chabul learns how to floss. Which is completely superfluous, and I don't mean with his teeth. Oh, I, I like enjoyed that. You know, <laughs> I, I, I. That was one of the the. I don't know if I laughed, but uh, it, was, it was it was like a smiling that's moment. Fun. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Fair point. Um, but I think that the the issue is that that arrives right before a big emotional pivot point. So I was like, wait, what movie? Oh yeah, is this? sorry. <laughs> the, ton tonally, it's um, 
like a, a, a lot of the enjoyable moments are, <laughs> are immediately uh, followed by yeah, something yeah. <laughs> much more depressing. All right, then. And for myself, no, it's not one of the worst 100 movies, that, movies I've ever seen. I probably enjoyed it a bit less than Race 3. And that might be because Race 3 was novel when I saw it. I think it was one of the first examples of this kind of film that I've seen. And so I probably have a soft spot for it. Race 3 was also kind of like, you know, it, it felt a bit like a Fast and the Furious movie. Um, and it was kind of globe trotting and, yes. and, and stuff as well. Like, Whereas this is um, very fixed in terms of like its location and its set and its characters and stuff. Yeah, no, that's fair. So it doesn't have as much variety. Um, all right, then. And then final question. Would you rec- would you recommend that listeners pause the podcast and stream Debang 3? It is available on Amazon. Yeah, if if you have Amazon. Like, don't get Amazon for it. Yeah, specifically. Maybe, maybe like, if you get Amazon, I'll, I'll, I'll... If you get Prime for the shipping. Yeah, if you get Prime with shipping. Uh, or, or if you join, um, if you're in Ireland and you go on to the air... Um, kind of mobile or broadband network, you might get it um, for free. And I might give some recommendations Ooh, at the end of of, of some things that, that 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 you might enjoy on that. Maybe check it out. Uh, yeah. It's it's long. It's, it is it's, long. It does feel long. It's fairly long. It's two and a half hours, but sorry, it's two hours and twenty one minutes, but it feels longer. Yeah, because it's constantly stopping and starting. Watch the trailer. Yes. And see if that sustains you, like, for over the entire movie. Um, <laughs> and like a mice. Yeah. The, the, it's, it, if, if you're listening to this, you definitely have time to watch the trailer. <laughs> At the very least. All right, then. Yeah. And, and I would kind of agree with that. I do think it's an acquired taste. I think it's interesting. I am glad that I watched it. And I'm actually looking forward to digging into it. Because again, a lot of the stuff that I, I kind of dug out about the movie is is fascinating and interesting and kind of... Ooh. Yeah, I know. Um, Darren's going to ruin everything for Andrew. No, like, yeah. The, 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 really, what the, what, the, what, the, what the listeners can look forward to most is not just watching the movie. But hearing our like in-depth, layered, uncovering, completely uninformed conversation of what this movie is about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cheers. See you on the other side of the spoiler zone. Zone. So, Andrew, what is Dabang 3 about for you? God, I'm unprepared for this question. <laughs> and how many it has of been these so long. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's about um, the treatment of women in, uh, I think, the, 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 um, uh, at the start of the movie, they have a number of kind of it feels like statutory warnings. Yes, like you you see you see what looks like a a, a kind of like a bad photocopy of and you see this in all yes. kind of Indian movies of the film certificate, and then um, you see how um, alcohol and nicotine are injurious to health. Yeah. By the way, the the the, the um. It's interesting 
sorry, getting away from from like what the movie is about. Yeah, no, no, no. But of 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 uh, Indian English, because there 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 are a lot of kind of phrases in um, kind of the Indian English kind of colloquialisms that are that are um, that are quite good, or 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 that at least kind of deserve um, consideration. For um, for whether kind of an, a, a non-Indian English speaker would want to use them, because I think at work, I will I will I will, I will um, sometimes kind of li- li- liaise with people in India, and it's actually the, the the tragic lately because of what was happening in the COVID pandemic. Talking to some of my colleagues in India, um, one of them in Delhi, um, and what he was going through. But going back to the language, um, things like um, uh, "do the needful" is a is 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 an Indian phrase that kind of uh, you you wonder if you'd want to kind of use this um, um, in in your own kind of emails because it it basically means like you know what you have to do. Now do it, <laughs> um, and and we that, that we maybe don't have a direct equivalent in 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 non um, Indian English, um, but that and anyway, sorry that, that that was just something that I wanted to mention. There's a whole lot of examples of um, Indian English. I think the Guardian have an article where they go through a lot of the kind of phrases. And maybe some people will be aware of them already, but but anyway, that maybe, maybe belongs more in the yeah. No, you you see some of those um, yeah, at the start kind of, with, it, the, with the title even, card. Yeah, even in 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 the um, kind of you see in translations where you, if you have people speaking in um, say Hindi, it it's it's not translated into kind of. Uh, necessarily kind of Anglo-English. Yeah, the vernacular or whatever, yeah. Yeah, it's translated into the vernacular, kind of like English as they would speak it in the subcontinent sometimes. So you have things like injurious to health, which we don't yes. say so much here. Um, but yeah, the, one, 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 of, one of the things it says there, going back to what the movie is about, is um, that they do not endorse the dowry um, in 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 any form, I think it's addressing the um, inequities. Because you, you did, I I mentioned the pandemic, and I know we've probably all heard too much about the pandemic. But one of the things about the pandemic, um, worldwide, especially in the global south, and, and to a great extent in India, is the effect it's had on women where people are forced to work from home and women find because they're no longer in the office that they're being obliged to perform uh, more domestic tasks um, than they would otherwise have have been doing and that their productive kind of economic power has been taken away. Um, So it's it's something that's... um, I mean, it, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm probably just as kind of, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, clumsy 
in uh, in making reference to these issues as the movie is. Um, but that that is kind of what it's about. Yeah. Um, as as clumsy or as awkward as it is, it, it's 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 about recognizing that um, women are, um, I guess, agents, or um, that they, that they're we are not things to quote Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. What what. What was it about for you? I mean, sorry, or, 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 or like kind of... Well, just just to, to kind of like what you're referencing there, like there's a lot to, to unpack because you are absolutely entirely correct. Like in terms of yeah. the dowry system in India, it is is technically illegal. Um, It is still something that happens socially. Um, And there have been several instances... It's recently involved. asked. Oh, you recently asked for a dowry. Yeah, yeah. And, it, it, and I, I had to explain it doesn't work that way. Um, because you are a feminist, Andrew. You are, you are, you know, you are strongly committed to feminism, and that is why you are saying no to the dowry. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. You truly like, are a I'm... hero to us all, an inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not as inspirational though as Chapel uh, Pandey, who goes even further, no, and instead agrees to pay the dowry himself because he is so committed to the idea of women's equality. He's like, no, she should study to be a doctor, and I will pay the dowry. I will pay for that. And she doesn't have to take my surname. What a waste of money. <laughs> Given she, how the movie turns out. She gets killed. Yeah. yeah. That's a bad investment, Pandey, I'm afraid to say. But, like, it is it is worth noting, like, we mentioned there. Similarly, the university kept all that money. <laughs> uh, but, like, we, we should point out, um, the dowry is obviously a source of, of massive controversy in India. Um, and, in fact, actually, like, we talked on this podcast before about things like adding disclaimers to old American movies. Movies like, say, um, Gone with the Wind and things like that. There was a minor controversy um, in March 2017 where the uh, film censor in India, the censor board of film certification, asked the movie uh, Badrinatha Ki Dulhania to add a disclaimer to the start saying that it didn't don't endorse the dowry system, which is where this kind of came from. And there's a big discussion about Bollywood's kind of role in all of that as well. Um, so, Is there a kind of a PC gone mad? This is kind of... Um, or, or, or what kind of form does the uh, debate take? Sorry, maybe, maybe maybe that's a question that I should um, pose to somebody who's who actually more is kind more, of, more in depth in, and has more knowledge. I know, I more. know, you're quite deep into like you know film Twitter. But. Yeah, no. So somebody who doesn't actually knows about Indian culture, but no, like in in terms of like specifically in terms of Bollywood, there are controversy around say Bollywood stars performing at weddings. Uh, to pick an example, that sort of thing was a a minor source of controversy, and and like obviously you mentioned specifically India itself having a number of controversies around the treatment of women. And this movie seems to be very directly answering those. You know, you have yeah. the, the famous like the, the to its case, credit to its credit. Like, and again, we, we'll probably come back to this because it, it is it's complicated. But I generally think that it's well intentioned. Um, there, it's it's attracted some criticism from some quarters, uh, given that you know about how it approaches it or how it handles it. We'll come back to that. But like, just in terms of like providing it's kind definitely of clumsy. It is definitely clumsy um, and perhaps a little satisfied with itself as well, I think, is where some of the criticism comes from as well. Yeah. And that it's a movie that feels it, like it's kind of resting on its laurels. I mean, I mean the, maybe this is a controversial thing to say, but that a, a lot of kind of, let's just say the left is kind of uh, uh, people, pe- people who consider themselves on the left. Like, 
realistic, like you and I, but but that it's kind of like attacking each other because we we've yeah the circular firing squad yeah yeah because we've 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 said the wrong thing or or that 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 we, that we haven't like expressed it as the well purity testing out of yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's definitely not the worst thing that's happening in the world. <laughs> no, uh, but, cancel uh, but, culture gone wild. Um, yeah, <laughs> but 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 that it but that it's one kind of like it, it feels kind of like a, a, a maybe a counterproductive exercise. Sort of a, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, I like I, I I I do. I'm gonna like I I am putting a pin in this, and I'm gonna say we are going to come back to this later because I I do actually think this is a complicated case in that sense. In that I think that the fact that it's Salman Khan doing this is complicated in a number of ways that we will have to address. Um, ways that are both good in that how he gets the message across and who he helps that message reach and ways that are bad in the ways that it perhaps doesn't necessarily grapple with his own history and all that sort of stuff that perhaps needs to be explored and seeks to exonerate him. Um, Darren says, treading a very, very careful line in what he actually says about somebody who may be uh, litigious. So we will explain all of those things later in the podcast. But like, again, in, in terms of like situating it in, in, in like, and again, it should be noted, larger global cultural trends happening that the Me Too uh, movement as well, things like that, being more conscious about this stuff. But like specifically in India, you have these kind of like, I believe that, you know, in 2012, the Thomas Reuters Federation, India was identified as the worst nation for women in the world, uh, ranking it behind like the Democratic Republic of Congo and Saudi Arabia. Um, things like the it's national thinking Co- Saudi Arabia. Yeah, 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 no, which is which is is crazy and stunning. The National Crime Records Bureau in India reported that between 2010 and 2011, there was a 7.1 percent hike in crimes against women. Um, they also reported that between 2005 and 2009, crimes against women increased by 31%, which is far above the average of 16%. Um, you have, like, UNICEF in 2012 found that 52% of adolescent girls and 57% of adolescent boys thought that domestic violence was acceptable. And obviously, like, you have, like, big landmark cases like the 2012 uh, gang rape case oh, that was absolutely that was horrible horrific. and terrifying. Yeah, and, and was a huge catalyst in terms of, like, bringing activism and, like, bringing the debate to the fore. But even even things like, you know, uh, in, according to a 2010 report by the International Center for Research on Women, 47% of Indian girls are married before the age of 18, with 18 being the legal age of consent. Um, in 2010, the UN discovered that early marriages and poor health care contributed to a, record, uh, to a recorded... 56,000 annual maternal death. Um, And then you have things like sex selective abortion going on there, literacy rates. All this stuff is kind of happening uh, in the background. Between 2013, 2014, a 9% increase in rape cases in India, a 10% increase in kidnapping and abduction, a 4.6% increase in dowry deaths, a 16.3% increase in assault cases on women with the intent to outrage their modesty, and a 3.4% increase in cases of cruelty by husbands and relatives. Um, So that is like the cultural context in which this movie exists. And, 
you should also note that like obviously we talked about things happening outside of India like the Me Too movement there was a big Me Too movement happening in India as well and there had been feminists who'd been working there since the 90s uh, but even Bollywood itself was kind of like rocked by a number of high profile scandals implicating like directors and kind of like you know other key figures stars and stuff like that so like there is a sense of of like the movie wanting to directly address that and it's very telling that like the movie's core villain like and again this is one of the things where the movie is is so much a masala movie and so much is happening and there's so much going on that like bali singh is like simultaneously a people trafficker a local politician a money launderer a gangster a murderer and also the romantic rival a gardener an enthusiastic uh hobbyist gardener um and the romantic rival or sees himself as the romantic rival of our lead jabal pande but like at the climax of the movie when the shirts are off and the men are grappling with one another in the dirt getting down to each other's essence the big speech that Salman Khan delivers, the screw you moment, the reason you suck speech to Bali Singh amounts to you do not respect women. You are a man who would rape, who would murder, who would kidnap, who would throw acid in the face. And like Bali Singh's response, which is, again, this movie is not a very tactful or delicate or tonally balanced movie. I love that Bali Singh's response is, hey, 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 I'm not a rapist. Yes, I would murder. Yes, I would abduct. I might even throw acid, but I'm not a rapist, but I might be, uh, which is a very, very strange moment. But the film is very much like, yeah, he is a misogynist. He represents misogyny in culture. He is a man who wanted a woman and the woman said no, and he refused to accept it. And so he murdered her, basically. And it's like, no, this is bad. Um, and I know that sounds basic, but it is—it's worth having that conversation, you know. No, but and and it represents kind of that sort of um, male sort of resentment, yeah, more generally as yeah. well, like the the. Um, I love her. She loves you. That sort of stuff. It's like and I'm not going to accept it. Love. Yeah. Well, the incel, like, t- like he feels very much like an yeah. incel villain. He does, he does. Like, and he's the, already the, planning the wedding. Like, he's already planning the wedding to himself and Cushy. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's that's what sort of um, motivates it, I guess. Because it, it doesn't... It doesn't really kind of, like... They're, they're not on a collision course, I guess, otherwise. Really. Well, I, and again, this is a, the weird thing with the movie where, like, he becomes this embodiment or representation of, like, misogyny as a form. Where it's like he not only murdered kind of Cushy, it's he not only murdered, like, Chibble's love, he's also smuggling and sex trafficking young girls as well. And burying dozens of women in his backyard, presumably because they also turned him down. It, like, it, it's kind of, everything in this movie is a cartoon and absurd and over the top. And, like, Bally Singh is, like, misogyny taken to its its most absurd kind of, like, limit case. Which, is, and again, it's, it's I think, and again, I don't want to speak for you, but, like, when you talked earlier about, like, there are moments where you're like, should this movie be doing that? Yeah. One of the weird tonal things is its handling of things like sex trafficking, right? So you have, the film's opening scene is a wedding, is a raid at a wedding. It's a, it's a like a bandit a robbery at a wedding and it's it opens with this action sequence a lot of comedy sound effects 
two hours. That's it, exactly. There's like slide whistles, slide whistles, bangs. There are moments where like he transforms into three people or the gunshots off pots start making a cool rhythm. And it's funny and it's cool. Where there's like animated stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and then like the next action sequence is an action sequence where a girl has come to the police station saying that she's been kidnapped and she's going to be sold into sex slavery. And Chabul Pande and his brother are not going to have that. And so he just tears through these goons. And it's a really odd scene because it is on one level almost as cartoonish because the same physics apply. Oh. People fly through the yeah. air. But it's also more brutal because you hear bones snapping. It's like, it's a bit like Bugs Bunny kind of, you know, like taking on the Nazis. But except, like, with, you know, like an ultra-violent version <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah, but with real people. Like, that's that's the really weird thing about it. Like, again, because Pande is the hero, he doesn't really kill that many people. So, like, you always have shots of people on the ground after he's thrown them, kind of, like, writhing or bending or sighing. But, like, when he's doing it, you hear things snap. Like, he will crack a back across his knee and you will hear a snapping sound. Or he will pull a guy's neck and like flip him over and you will hear a snapping sound it's weird kind of a thing because yeah i i don't think any of them i don't think any of them die like yeah. they, they are, are are meant to die but you kind of think they kind of die but they kind of <laughs> don't yeah whereas like initially you think like okay he's given them some sort of like it's a Looney Tunes rules. It's it's like, you know, yeah. you knock them and they'll get back up again. But he, he snapped their neck. No, it's just some sort of a keto thing where he's he <laughs> sort of like thrown them and they've fallen. And that's all that's happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, no, but it, it yeah, it's 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 Looney Tunes, but it's not a, um, a, a cartoon. I, I guess that's kind of that I'd imagine that's a lot of the kind of inspiration for Salman Khan. He's got to be kind of thinking of uh, Bugs Bunny and the Warner Brothers cartoons and that sort of thing when 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 making this because it's it's this is a tongue in cheek like the, the that's one reason why it's odd for it to be on the bottom one hundred because like it's a not it in some ways like. You know, it, it it's a serious movie in the sense that it's trying to do wordy things, but it's very much positioning itself as tongue-in-cheek. Oh, yeah. And not meant to be taken seriously. Like, he hums his own theme song at several points during the movie, to give an example. He kind of sings, he barrels the camera repeatedly. You have the moment where he's referred to as mm. Salman Khan. That sort of stuff is going on there. Yeah. Like, like, it's a movie that is what incredible. Happened? Yeah. Could do can can we like but I, I I was kind of like I think I rewinded it and like watched it again and like I don't know what's going on. There's, there's, there's a moment like there's a moment during the opening fight sequence where he's fighting Gullo, um, who is like the big goon. And like the goon just kind of runs out of breath and like his response is, Mr. Gullo, don't you know that tobacco and cigarettes are injurious to your health? Um, it's using... inappropriate what he's doing. He's smoking. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, again, like it's a movie that is very much like the movie understands the smoking's inappropriate. As you pointed out, every time a cigarette appears on screen, down the corner, yeah. there's a little smoking kills thing. 
I mentioned when I was yeah. watching Dabang 2, every time that it would appear, there'd be a subtitle saying smoking is injurious to your health. Death. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, that's the kind of thing that I find like fascinating about it is that it, it does seem like playful and self-aware and kind of goofy and like almost like he knows he's in a he movie. He breeds fire. Yes, well, he swallows fire and then breathes out at one point, for example. He manifests three of himself at one point, like during the initial action sequence. Yes. Yeah. He punches the <laughs> door so hard that the door distorts into the shape of his fist. Fist, yes. <laughs> like, it's so delightfully, ridiculously absurd. And that's why it makes it so strange that it's like, yeah, but the second case he breaks up is sex trafficking. Um and then you have like the big, the big moment where, and again, this is. The, but it, it, it is like uh, Bugs Bunny fighting Bugs the Nazis. Bunny fighting the Nazis, yeah. And he's like, "Oh, those uh, um, aren't they stinkers?" And it's like, "Hey, this uh, this fascist is in maroon." <laughs> but, but like, and again, like you have the big moment where like the woman, like, and again, the, the movie is kind of feeling like it's patting itself on the back, where he finds like the woman responsible for smuggling Chintiwala. And he's yeah. he, he has this moment with her where he's like, it feels very hateful, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yes, like you're you're kind of like you're seeing the kind of um, logical steps that he's taking. It's like, okay, this is a woman who doesn't respect women. Yes. So, <laughs> and then, but it still just feels so brutal. And and twice, like it's not even that. Like once it happens, it's yeah. Like, she's like. <laughs> Do it again if you're a beast. And then he turns to his brother. He's like, "You're a, you are a beast." He's like, "Okay, fine, smack." Um, yeah, and it's like it's taking too much pleasure in like hitting a woman. Yeah, and but you get the reaction shot of the female officer as well. Yeah, so she smiles. So you know it's good. It, it's it's the argument is that like all this terrible stuff shouldn't <laughs> be happening to women, but like. <laughs> Let's just show this terrible <laughs> stuff happening to women. Um, yeah. I, I do like appreciate that, you know, Chebel, Pan, Chebel Pande is obviously a big fan of Taylor Swift because he honestly believes that there's a special place in hell reserved for women who don't help other women. <laughs> it features kind of it reference to women empowerment. Like I think like two or three times where yeah. it, it states it like, like, you know, kind of like explicitly. Yeah. No, where where it's not um, subtext; it's just text. No, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, this is the the thing where the movie has this kind of weird tension in it, where obviously, like, it's saying these things, and like, I think it's important that it does these things. And again, this is the thing where I'm, I want to be careful about how I frame this because I do think it's important. I do think that it's a good thing that it tries to do it, but I do think that it is also complicated, but like, it is notable that like the thing about Salman Khan, uh, and we kind of alluded to it earlier when we talked about his movies being on the bottom 100 is that how, how good are our lawyers? Yes, that's it. Exactly. (laughs) But no, but no, but it's like, he is massively popular in rural areas. He is massively popular among the kinds of audiences that go to those cinemas that we mentioned that are all one screen showing one movie that are not going to multiplexes that do not live in big cities like there was an interesting documentary um i think what about uh five six years ago where they talk about like there's a career of salman khan impersonators in small towns 
where they will actually go to weddings. They will get in shape. They will get so they look like Salman Khan. Because Salman Khan, I believe, was one of the first Bollywood superstars to get into that shape. To turn himself into like a massive yeah. muscle. It um, is in a day a Dorito, like an a nacho yeah, kind of shape. Um, Sanjay yeah. Dutt was the was the first, according to uh, Claire M. Wilkinson. He's l- l- ludicrous. Like 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 he looks. Um, it's it's silly. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, well, and again, like I don't want, to, I I hate to be the reductive white guys talking about Indian cinema on a podcast, but it reminds me a lot of like eighties American cinema where you had this kind of hard bodies thing. He looks like a Schwarzenegger or a Stallone, and he's talked about like Schwarzenegger, um, sorry, not Stallone being a huge influence on him. Like he gave it. I mean, it's you know, it's 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 fun in that, but it's it's kind of like there there's a lot of it's good for Salman Khan himself. Um, it's probably like there's there's definitely like a real kind of a um, a homoerotic buzz to it. I don't know if there's that much evidence that there's like you know women who are into um, these <laughs> kind, kind of, of uh, depictions yeah. necessarily. Like and and sorry, there there are plenty. Yeah. Um, well, no. I mean, but this, it, but this is it the, never the, feels like it's about that. Yeah. That. Well, this is the the thing about like female and male objectification in media, where like people talk about like comic books, where women are drawn with costumes where their breasts are hanging out and their backs are right. arched, and like famously, you know, characters who are drawn by Rob Layfield can have both their breasts and their ass on panel at the same time because of how their bodies are meant. And like people go, yeah, this is not a realistic representation of women. This is very much catering to the male gaze. And the response that you get from some some people on the internet, some very insecure men on the internet is yeah but we but like men are objectified as well i mean look at their but their bodies are also unrealistic and you're like yes but those bodies are designed to appeal to the male fantasy of empowerment you don't like they're not designed so that women look at superman and go man i would like to jump in those red briefs they're designed so that men look at superman and go yeah that's what i want to look like yeah like the, the 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 male kind of um i don't know what it is that women uh, kind of look at when they're when they're when they're trying to kind of, but I know what gay men look at. It's like stuff like Tom of Finland, where it's uh, you, you know where it's like gay erotica, where it's like these really kind of muscular, big Salman Khan type guys. You know? yeah, well, I mean, like, um, and again, everything that we're saying here is generalization, to be clear. We're not speaking with any authority. But, oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I would point out that. Like, Sorry. <laughs> People are probably wondering, how is Andrew such so an authority on gay erotic? <laughs> um, but like. He's not. But no, no. But in terms of like what women want and what women look at, like, look at the actual male sex symbols for women. They're like in the 90s, there were people like Johnny Depp and Leonardo DiCaprio. They weren't these big, muscly men. They were these kind of like gentle soft boys. Nowadays, it's people like Timothy Chalamet and Tom Holland. I know Tom Holland is is ripped, but Tom Holland also looks small and vulnerable when you see him. Timothy Chalamet doesn't have an arse. Yes, as Andrew's pointed out, that's why you can't sit in a chair, I think was your observation. (laughs) I was... <laughs> from from conversations though with 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 like female friends, it's kind of um, them liking the kind of um, uh, uh, dad bod, oh. like the 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 sort of well, and and as I say, like 
women aren't heterosexual women aren't a monolith yeah like, yeah to be clear there are, there there are plenty of women who will who will kind of like find this sort of you know uh, who will eat that dorito right up <laughs> exactly yeah 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 but that 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 is not like with um men men i think it it's kind of well the there's all sorts. Anyway, sorry, we could get into a whole kind of conversation yeah. about like what it is, what it is men want. But 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 that the point is that this depiction of 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 men of masculinity, yeah, and of masculinity, it's not made for uh, women, no. or at least it doesn't feel like it is. But, anyway, but that's it. Is that like Salman Khan, like? And again, this is uh, talking to like an expert or quoting from an expert and I'll include links in the show notes here. But like observing that Salman Khan's fans are mainly in small town. His appeal is strongest for the men who feel left behind in India's race towards progress and development. To be like Khan was a way for these men to deal with a compulsion towards material success, to prove themselves. So like this is the thing where I think having Salman Khan in a movie say like something as simple and straightforward as you know don't throw acid at women don't kidnap women don't get act in murderous rage towards women is important because he embodies he or he speaks to a very a sense of again those men who feel left behind in a race towards progress and development perhaps he's speaking to that audience and he's reaching that audience if that makes sense yeah i think that's commendable in a way that like a more delicate or a more worthy or a more sensitive or a more nuanced film wouldn't. You know, it, it's that thing that we talk about when we talk about prestige dramas. Like, you know, I think I made a very silly argument a, a couple of years ago, and I, maybe there's some truth in it, but that, like, you know that America is getting a bit more open about things like sexuality and, like, the the differences in, in kind of, like, women's sexuality and, like, getting more comfortable with, approaching and talking about women's sexuality not because of like prestige dramas like ammonite for example or uh deceit but by looking at like body comment comedies like say uh blockers or even like mike and dave need wedding dates which are much or even like neighbors too where you have this big joke about like tampons like if it was a bag of dicks you'd think it was hilarious um but you have this idea that because these populist movies are talking about these, these movies that are going to be seen by young men rather than kind of like the artsy crowd who will already believe this and already know this and already accept this as truth, that you're maybe reaching a, a wider audience with it. So that's maybe like, that's kind of why, even if I am going to be critical of it in a moment, I do think there is value in the movie being like, yeah, feminism. Woot. Um Yeah. And it, it, like you, you know, we're we're I I I think we're all at different kind of uh, steps on that journey, and that maybe this 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 movie feels well intentioned in 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 some ways, and could be kind of. I I wonder like how much of it being on the bottom one hundred is because of that. that. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah, and um, and how much is it because like the person's surname is Khan? Um, well, the the person's entire and, name and, is Salman Khan, and not a you know not a Mir Khan. Or yeah, I mean, again, again, like you have 
Like, and again, we should we should note that like it, it's happening at a time when Bollywood is having these conversations. Like I mentioned that like Bunny Badahai Badnam High song, the kind of like the sexy item number number. Like that was subject like that was a massive hit, but it was subject to criticism from the Love Matters campaign with the hashtag not music to my ears, which was about like sexist lyrics in Bollywood movies. That was like a cornerstone of it. Very much like think of what's happening in Hollywood with things like hashtag Oscars so white, for example, where you see this social movement and you see films. Uh, that's kind to- of is is Oscar so white, I imagine is kind of a thing that was very kind of um a year or like two years or three years ago right yeah. am i wrong probably, kind of probably the, closer the, to five. That that's kind of played play yeah that has sort of played out and that now a lot of the kind of comment is about how kind of you know um uh, quotas are now kind of like like a, a, a um you you know that the, the, the diversity and inclusion is part of the Oscars now. Or am I wrong? Well, I mean, um, again, there are like debates that the, that the Oscars have kind of recognized um, have improved, have have, have made change. That, yeah. like that, that's that's the argument I'm making here. Like, I think obviously, like the debate with the Academy is ongoing, um, and like not something we right. have time to get into here. But like, I no. think even the most cynical of critics will observe the Academy has made progress. It has improved. Um, it is unimaginable now that you would ever have a year where the 20 acting nominees would all be white, for example. You know? Yeah, the, 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 the thing, though, about the Academy is that, like, a lot of the voters are, um, you know... Um, white people. Old and conservative people, yeah. and they live in, like, Orange County. And, yeah. Um, well, no, that, that's... And again, not to turn this into the Oscar cast, but, like, the, the underrated thing... Oh, please don't. I, I know, we already <laughs> did one of those with Stacey and Phil, and I actually really loved that episode, but it was enough for the year. Uh, it was enough to do us until next year. But, like, the thing was that Cheryl Boone... I am very... <laughs> I, I I was gonna I was about to say I'm very sorry, but I guess I'm not very sorry because my whole whole thing for that yeah it was I'm not interested I don't care. I'm not a I'm not, I'm not a yeah no that was my treat that was Darren's treat to myself was we get to do one yeah, episode yeah, of Oscar yeah. content but yeah okay short short headline stuff Cheryl Boone Isaacs her big innovation was expanding the membership in order to dilute the vote of that contingent of the Academy that was her big innovation. That was the big idea, and that has done a lot, I would argue, to... Uh, Get off my lawn! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, like, Salman Khan is a member of the Academy now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, just, uh, again, to tie it back to the movie that we're talking about here. And of course, like, he, he probably ought to be. Yeah. Like, you know, well, being, being that much of a force in international cinema. Anyway. Yeah, to, to bring it back, though. And, like, again, this is the thing where there's a little bit of a sense of kind of hypocrisy to it and a little bit of a sense of, uh, right. you know, like of patting course. itself on the back. So things like the fact that like, you know, you have the big thing of, of like him saying, look, I'm totally cool and with it. And I am totally a feminist and I completely respect you wanting to keep your own surname and, uh, you know, wanting to be a doctor and have your own career. I am totally down with that. Right. But the movie is structured in such a way that she dies uh, she doesn't have her own career. Yeah. And he instead marries Raji. And Raji does not have her own career. Raji takes his surname and, in fact, talks at one point about how great her name and his name sound together uh, in order to instill, like, sure, he's totally down with the uh, feminism, but, you know, 
he's still in charge when it matters at home. Like he has the thing where he's talking about, you know, the dad. It's having its cake and eating it. Yes, that's it exactly. It's kind of because it's creating this kind of strong female character and then fridging her, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, immediately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in, like, a subplot. Like, yeah. what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> we, we, like, again, this is probably the thing, this is where we should talk about this, then, the weird structure of the movie. Because Andrew's like, yeah, with that, like, hour-long flashback sequence in the middle of the movie, what was Debang 1 and Debang 2 about? And let me tell you, Andrew. Right. Like, <laughs> this is... Yeah, because cause I've, I've gotten interested in this lately. And it's improved some movies for me, but it's made other movies significantly worse. I think, like, in the past or in the future, we, we spoke about... Um, yeah, watching The Temple of Doom and Indiana Jones, and sorry, and Raiders of the Lost Ark close together. Exactly. And... and, and having it like go into like 30 minutes where I still don't know what the movie is about <laughs> yeah, and what's going on and how or, it's uh, yeah and this movie was like an extreme version of that <laughs> where 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 somebody needed to just like like slow down relax okay like what is the story what is the structure yeah. of this give us a two-line summary of what this movie's about and then we'll build from there yeah but but like like split it up into parts and say like here's what's happening at the beginning and 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 what's going here and 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 the, the, these are the parts here's the exposition now we know who everybody is and now we have a turning point and then we would have like a um them accomplishing something and then running into some difficulty and then you know um overcoming and returning um, home change yeah, yeah. It, it, to some extent, this movie accomplishes that, but you're like, there's a lot in the movie where, where, where you're kind of like, what are you doing, and why are you doing it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, one of like again, this is me coming at it from the guy who did far too much research and watched far too many movies and totally shouldn't have spent <laughs> seven hours of his life watching the Debang trilogy. Talk, but, talk to us about all of the Debang. Yeah, but no, no, like watching Debang three after watching the first two it it's hard not to be extremely cynical about what the movie's doing so in da bang right salman khan's uh, Ch- uh, Ch- uh chad bull padne uh, is one of the worst protagonists i have ever seen in a movie he is <laughs> he is like you remember we did leon as one of our first episodes right if gary oldman's corrupt cop norman stansfeld was the hero of leon and the movie thought that he was a totally swell guy. That is what Dabang would be. And like to give you a couple of examples of this, he decides early on in the movie that he's going to marry Raji. She decides that she's not going to have any of it. So he stalks her. He tries to buy her. He waves large amounts of money in her face and tells her that she that he's going to marry her. And she says, I can't marry you while my father's alive. So he goes to visit her father, who is a drunk. And he says, hey, look, we both know I can provide a good life for Raji. You know, look, you need to have a conversation with her. You need to fix it so that she marries me. And the father's like, look, I'll make sure she marries you. And then the father drowns himself. And the obvious, like, subtext of that is that, like, yeah, Pandey just kind of manipulated the situation to force Raji to marry him. And, like, 
in the later movies, there's this big emphasis on Pande as the man who gives back the community. Um, I think in, in Da Bang 2, he talks about the Chabul Pande Foundation for Street Children that he has set up, a charity organization that he uses to take all the money that he takes from criminals and funnels it into that. In Da Bang, he just steals money from criminals and randomly shoots any cops who challenge him for doing so. Um, and he just comes across as yeah. the most unpleasant. Yeah, that's a callback, by the way. He... That's that's see that sequence where he sh- randomly shoots a police officer in this movie is a callback to the original Debang, where he's like, "I love you, sir. I love you too." <laughs> it's great, by the way. But but there there is a moment where it's the it's the kind of origin story where he doesn't have a mustache, yes, and he sees somebody with a mustache while he he's doing that. He's also like taking a whole lot of money uh, i guess drug money Um, and forcing the gang to humiliate themselves for his amusement as well is like there's a little bit there's an endearing bit of sadism at play there but that is basically the entirety of dabang the first dabang he was always great and like beating the super sex out of everybody (laughs) right like that that was like uh, just from the beginning yep he was always great at that. He just had a gift. And it's like, and there was a thing where like he's in prison and one of his jailers realizes like, you're truly gifted <laughs> at beating the crap out of everybody. Maybe you should be a police officer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll come back to that because that's actually something to talk about with regards to the film and its reception and legacy. Um, but like I, to bring it back to that kind of like relationship between Debang 3 and Debang 1 and the extent to which Debang 3 feels like it's kind of cleaning up after the original Debang. Like it's notable that like you mentioned that sequence of flashbacks where uh, Pande slaps Maki and there are several of them. Like there's a, it's like your brother trained you for this for years and you just see this extended flashback of sequences of Pande just like slapping his brother across the face being an asshole. Those are all from the first Dabang movie. And then in Dabang 2 and Dabang 3, he's mellowed out completely. He's perfectly fine. They get along perfectly. And you'll notice that when they do the flashbacks, he gets on very, very well with Maki. There's no indication the two of them have ever had any difficulty whatsoever. And like, that's what those prequel moments feel like. They feel like the movie kind of like sanding down the rough edges and kind of smoothing it over. And this is where I kind of get into the whole like, Tom Cruise thing where this feels very much like it's trying to sanitize some of the aspects of like Salman Khan's screen persona I mean uh, except like Tom Cruise doesn't really have anything to answer for completely innocent no 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 yeah no he is not he has never been involved in any of the drama on the scale of Salman Khan so again going to be very careful here in stating these as facts not opinion we're, we're, we're not making any Luke Dunn style. <laughs> Disavowals, <laughs> allegedly, um, or bold statements about Miskovich or anything like that. No, no, that name doesn't exist. But yes, okay, so... By the way, um, uh, how did this get made? I haven't listened to it yet, but Leah Rimini um, kind of came on to talk about... Going clear, was it? Scientology. I listened to that episode, actually, because I now listen to podcasts. Oh, did yeah, you? Because I'm hip and with it. Ah, wow. Um, okay. How was it? I quite enjoyed it. Again, I'm a 
big i have a lot of interest in scientology i want to do battlefield earth at some point in the near future i think that would be fun we should do it is it on the bottom 100 it is indeed it is indeed uh, okay. we should do that soon. Grand. yeah yeah there's 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 a great dead authors podcast it's a two-parter with andy daly as l ron hubbard uh, l ron hubbard <laughs> it's great it's him talking about like being the Commodore of the Eagle Scouts and le- leading like a campaign against like 200 uh, grizzly bears, and, like when he was nine years of age. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's all of this like kind of nonsense. But the hilarious thing is that a lot of it is kind of at least in part based on actual accounts that Elrond of his own life yeah yeah no Hubbard is a fascinating character uh but very quickly to talk about some of the scandals involving Khan um in 2002 he was involved in a hit and run accident uh in which his Land Rover drove on the pavement it drove over four homeless people and killed one of them um there was a Jesus yes there was a massive controversy around it big legal drama in 2015 he was found guilty and then acquitted. There was a whole bunch of controversy over it. Um, the bodyguard who had issued the first incident report died of tuberculosis before the start of the trial, which activists uh, alleged was delayed for more than a decade because the police were shielding Khan from prosecution. Another star witness, a singer friend of Khan's, who reportedly corroborated the actor was driving the car, turned hostile, moved to Europe and was not called to testify. Uh, in March 2015, Khan's family driver, Ashok Singh, came forward for the first time to say he was driving the car and that a burst tire caused the accident. After Khan was convicted in May, Singh was arrested for perjury. Um, and then there was a separate case later on. He, I don't believe he spent any time in prison before his acquittal on, th- on that one. Um, and then he was acquitted of weapons charges uh, in 2017. Uh, he was convicted in 2018 for poaching for shooting a deer and he did spend five nights in prison and i think like particularly in the context of this movie the fact that pande goes to prison and redeems himself by going to prison feels like it's perhaps acknowledging or nodding towards that i went to prison for a crime you know that i didn't commit and that i wasn't responsible for and i was a model uh model prisoner and i just want you to know that uh i came out of it a better person Uh, And then you also have, and again, this is one of those things where I need to be very, very careful in how I frame this, Darren says. Um, His relationship with actress uh, Ashira Ray, uh, who is one of the biggest Bollywood stars uh, of all time. Uh, The couple's affair began on Humdel Dichaki Sanam in 1999 and ended in 2002. They don't talk to each other uh, anymore. In November 2001, witnesses say Salman went to her apartment and kept banging on the door asking to be let in. Some say he threatened to commit suicide if she didn't let him in. The drama continued until 3am in the morning when she did let him in. His hands were bleeding. Um, Apparently, he wanted her to marry him. She said that basically afterwards, Salman went to the US to help his ex-girlfriend Sami Ali without informing her. Um, And in 2002, she confirmed her breakup. He would call me and talk rubbish. He also suspected I was having affairs with my co-stars. There were times when Salmon got physical with me, luckily without leaving any marks, and I would go to work as if nothing happened. And Salmon Khan, for his part, to be clear, has stated he never beat her. He did get emotional. He did hurt himself. He's banged his head against the wall, but he could not hurt anybody else. 
Uh, and to this day, they will not talk about each other. Um, and again, this is not something that I am reading into the movie. Uh, something like Quiris, the website Quiris, which is also known as the Indian Economist, made a point in its review of Debang saying, you know, in Debang 3, Khan stretches the average patience even thinner by writing himself as the savior of feminism. In one scene, he claims he can never raise his hand on a woman before raising his hand on a woman and then branding that act of violence as a step towards female empowerment. Right. You don't have to be Ashwara Ray to be filled with an inexplicable urge to roll your eyes at the tone deafness of it all. So like, that's the kind of, that's the baggage I think the movie comes with. And it, it definitely felt wrong. Watching watching the 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 scene where um, I would agree that it was tone deaf, where 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 you have Chintiwalia, um, uh, getting smacked like repeatedly, where it is meant to be this um, kind of strike against the patriarchy, but it just feels like a woman getting beat directed at a woman. Yeah. Um... Yeah by a man yeah 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 exactly where it feels where it feels like he's kind of having his cake and eating it um in the sense of of kind of being like like getting getting to kind of um like maybe it is just kind of like a a clumsy kind of attempt at um rehabilitating um, his uh, reputation, or of, or, or of trying to represent himself in a way that he wants to be seen and seen, yeah. But that it that it comes across, um, yeah, that it is kind of um, um, tone deaf, and that, that it does feel like um, it doesn't really kind of understand, maybe. Yeah. Not that I understand like especially well or that I'm like any authority on these sorts of things, but that's the way it felt. It felt like and 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 as we've said, kind of perhaps it's well intentioned and I think we've made reference And perhaps it reaches an audience to that you know might respond exactly. to Exactly. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. Whatever whatever Salman Khan is guilty of might pale in comparison to some of the things that are happening in um, in India, and if you can reach people that uh, might be kind of influence, that is a good of itself. Yeah, and and one more semi serious thing before we start talking about all the fun stuff, and I apologize for that. I, lo- I feel like I've turned what should be a fun <laughs> and goofy adventure to something much darker. No, but but that's what the movie does. <laughs> the movie turns what should be a fun and goofy adventure um, into something dark. <laughs> <into> like, <laughs> yeah, we're just like an auntie getting stabbed yeah. <laughs> like, with sound effects as well. Um, you know, there's, there's so many like horrific stabbings in this movie. Yeah, the minister gets stabbed. That's not like a fake, like a stage no, stabbing, no. is it? He gets stabbed and killed. Yeah, <laughs> no need for that. It was like it was done so it could be videotaped. <laughs> it was a sting operation where a person dies. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. The movie's internal logic is not like, and again, like that's, a, but, that's, that's uh, like, is that a is that an Indian thing where it's like it's okay? It's a politician. It's, just a politician. It, it's funny you should mention that because that's a big recurring motif of the Debang series. Is that like despite the fact that we're focusing on Chabul Pandey, who is like a police officer and a man who imposes his own order on the streets with little regard. Um, the movie really hates politicians. The franchise really loathes the political class. In all of the three movies, there are politicians who are working with gangsters. And so Pandey has to, like, get the cowardly politicians to betray the gangsters so he can kill them. It's an interesting recurring motive. It's very populist. Does that account for why these movies are so unpopular on IMDb? Because it, there is a... Like, I don't know how it's doing at the moment, but there there was a very popular movement, I guess, behind um, Modi. Because it was it was very sort of populist, you know? And of that thing. And, and I will say, I am not kind of like an expert. I do not follow these things especially closely, but of um, of Hindu nationalism and kind of to what extent these Salman Khan's movies kind of um, stand up to that um, and maybe receive a bit of a backlash. As in like being seen as like re- reacting against Mundi's uh, India and being punished for it. Is that kind of what you're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that sense. Maybe maybe I'm completely off base, but um, it just strikes me as a possibility because there are a lot of people in India that can vote a movie down on IMDb. I mean, we've talked on the podcast before about how one of the interesting things doing this podcast kind of live over five years is seeing the influence of Indian cinema on both the top and bottom 100. It's a very active user base on the site. Uh, And again, just like one more semi-serious thing before we get into all the joyous fun stuff, because there is lots of joyous fun stuff, to be clear. Another argument that has been made about why the movie has been received in the way that it has um, is to do with it being very poorly timed in terms of its portrayal of law enforcement, particularly in India. Um, The movie was released in December 2019, which is around the time that there were protests against the CAA. But is is it that the police had kind of um, scandals against them? Yes. Sorry, it was the Citizenship Amendment Act was the the thing. So basically there were protests against the Citizenship Amendment Act uh, in late 2019. And there were allegations of police brutality and torture in response to those protests. I don't know, though, how bad like sorry i'm i'm like willing to kind of you know listen to you on this and see see what they what what the kind of blowback well, this is the one where was, i actually have but, a source because salman khan himself has said yes he feels like that was what hurt the movie's box office performance in particular was the fact that it came out at that time the thing about the movie though is that it it what it suggested to me is that like cops aren't perfect but that this was a cop who was willing to be who was willing to to um you know fight for what he felt was right within a system that was perhaps corrupt what's that line there are outlaws and there are cops and i am an outlaw cop it's a weird kind of a a line that it walks because like he's uh, he's totally dodgy. Yeah, absolutely, like, he shows up at one point with a truck full of money. Very corrupt. Like, 
Like, his response to discovering, like, police corruption is to bribe the corrupt police to work for him instead, which I kind of adore. Exactly. It's it's a very Indian solution. <laughs> <laughs> to, and I, I'm, I'm, I, the, 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 uh, the Bugle is a um, kind of a satirical podcast where um, they, his name, um, because it's been a while since I've listened to the Bugle, his name has just escaped me. But the, the, their um, 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 Indian contributor, um, it's at the tip of my tongue, but um, gives a very good um, uh, description of the kind of... Um, of Indian political uh, corruption. Yes, yes, yeah. Anavupal is is great, and 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 can kind of talk about these things a lot better than I would be able to. Anavupal, yeah. But there's like the weird thing. But there's also like the weird kind of patriotism to what he does as well. Where like there's a real sense the movie believes in the institution of law enforcement, and its argument is that like they're just bad apples. To some where extent, like, a husband promised yeah. his wife, not a police officer. We're public servants, you rascal. Our wages come from the taxes these people yeah, pay. Yeah, from the income tax. Yeah, yeah. Because you hear sometimes they kind of the. Um... I mean, there's a word for it where it's it's a kind of a weird sort of a creole of English and um, and uh, vernacular Indian languages, where it becomes a a, a, a um, where where you hear say where you hear him say income tax yeah. or super know, sexy, um, super sexy. Oh, exactly. I love you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love you too. Yeah, yeah sorry, sorry. He has I, a great I, I, voice. I, I, he actually, like, Salman Khan has a he, really he, phenomenal he, voice. He does have a great voice. And a, 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 apologies if me trying to do his voice sounds like a racist pastiche. Um, but no, he, he, he does. It's, it's, it's a, it's a great kind of a um, delivery is, and, and I, I, I won't do it justice. Um, yeah. Just w- one more thing then, because this is, the, and this is not dark or depressing, but it's kind of interesting, I find, um, is this idea of Debang and Debang 3 existing in a world where Bollywood is changing and where like world cinema is changing. And, and like we talked a lot about Hollywood and we talk a lot about how like streaming is changing the game there. It's kind of interesting that like one of the things that I've read about Debang 3 is that it's it's an example of Bollywood dealing with that where you used to have and again i'm really sad that we don't have um giovanna on here because she would know in a lot more depth than i would but you obviously you had bollywood is just one indian film industry there are lots of other ones as well and there's several different languages within that as well and they all have their own stars and their own culture and their own conventions and one of the interesting things about the bang three and you notice it andrew is that it is a movie it is a bollywood movie that has been explicitly constructed to appeal to the other markets in India. It has been like, it is not just aimed at kind of the South Indian market. It's also aimed at um, the uh, like Tamil, ta- Tamil and Kannada as well. Like the, the casting of the movie. So for example, uh, Sudeep who plays Bali Singh, um, he's best known as a Kannada language actor. 
Um, I don't know if it was his last film in Hindi, but his last major film in Hindi was over a decade before this, or roughly a decade before this. So, like, casting him was a big attempt to bring in, like, um, you know, kind of foreign or outside talent to add to the demographics. The fact that, as you mentioned, the version that we watched on Amazon came with multiple uh, Indian language options um, as well, because it was, like, prepackaged for that. So like there's this yeah it's it, it was interesting like um well when living in London I'm oh, sorry it's it's uh, Hindi Kannada Tamil and Telugu those are the yes, those are the yeah. four markets it's, for which it was prepared apologies am I mistaken in saying that Telugu is a language in um in like the Philippines or in Indonesia or somewhere. I could be completely mistaken. I might be confusing it with something else. Anyway, I remember finding re- remarkable when I was living in London, when I I was living in Canning Town and I went to the, the kind of uh, West Ham uh, library, how they had like all the different sections in um, Bengali and um, Urdu and um, all of the 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 different kind of um, uh, Indian subcontinent languages there, like not just Hindi, which I guess is the one that we're 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 most kind of familiar with. Um, I think it's like is it number four in terms of the the, the yeah in terms of what is this um, Chinese. Spanish, English, uh, Hindi, or that makes sense. That would make sense. Sorry, as I, I, when I say Chinese, I Mandarin I guess I mean Mandarin. Mandarin. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like again, this is something that again shift that has been happening in Bollywood. I think, like in 2017, like Bollywood had a terrible, terrible year um, in terms of box office revenue falling dramatically. And it said that one of the big things was that, like in regions like Tamil and Telugu uh, speaking language regions, people were not going to see Bollywood movies. So you have like actual quotes from um, like distributors, uh, the distributor who worked on Debang Three saying that the idea with the localized version of Debang 3 was to, like, reach the B and C center audiences, uh, viewers in suburban and rural territories. There is no point in just dubbing and letting the film out. We need to come here and say, this is more your film than ours. We had to come here and say, this is a film that you, as an audience member in a Tamil-speaking or Telugu-speaking region, want to go and see. And I find that interesting as well. And the fact that we watched it on Amazon. This was available on Amazon uh, internationally as well. I think another thing that helps is having um, the non-spoken parts of the yes. movie. It's, it leans very heavily on physical comedy and like action. Yeah, which translates. The fights fights are pretty good. There's like a good kind of like a diversity to the the action scenes. And I don't mean that in the kind of what I what I what variety I mean in the way in which they're staged. Variety. You know, and where yeah, they're staged yeah. and how the characters relate to one another and the props that they use. What, and the stakes yeah. in each as and, well. And and the moves, you know, like like in 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 terms of like um the um the fighting in it. It's 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 a kind of like a compelling watch. It's it's not the fights aren't boring, yeah. you know. You can you can you can watch them and be engaged in them and kind of like want to see this like 
kind of uh, <laughs> foot going through a person's <laughs> chest, like um, like knocking them through. Like um, <laughs> there's some um, there's some comedy as well in the um, action scenes. Like there's a moment where like he's kicking and punching people through wooden kind of. And, and and through pottery and yeah. that, and then you see there's one person falls on like a very small pot, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's just there, like where you've seen somebody go through like a huge uh, urn or whatever, and it's smashing, and um, and then another person going through like like all of these wooden boards, and then you just see there's like just a teeny little pot <laughs> that a person is going to like land on. And that that's going to smash as well. Anyway, it's it's um, um, yeah. No, it's entertaining. Yeah, no, like in terms of that sense. And again, it just yeah, the plotting is surreal. And again, I kind of alluded to it before the spoiler zone, but like just the oddness of some of the choices that the movie makes and when it makes them. So things like Mackie betraying. Um, and again, this feels like a Netflix thing where it's like Mackie betrays um his brother, but you don't get a sense of that coming from anywhere or making any sense it just feels like well Mackie hasn't had anything to do for the previous hour and a half so let's give him this one oh, yeah. plot beat comes completely out of nowhere to the point where like they even like the villains ought to have realized <laughs> that like this is a scam a a setup like watching it as an audience we just feel like oh this is a bad movie yeah. You know, like it, it, it hasn't established this <laughs> because it didn't think. To. Yeah, no, there's a real like you get the sense <laughs> um, it's almost written page by page that like at no point did they like figure out and go back and like map it out from the start. It's like no nope, movie needs to continue, yeah. so Mackie betrays him. Yeah, yeah, no, it it feels like it's it's a it's a it's a work of <laughs> yeah. you know it's commerce. Yeah, it's that, just. That, that it kind of had to get yeah. done and it had to get done like now and it needs to it needs get, to be two uh, and a half hours and everybody needs to be satisfied yeah like, yeah yeah uh, arba's can has to have his own little and dramatic arc no matter what happens we're going to release this movie <laughs> like there's a moment where like uh, raji gets blown up in a bomb which just comes out of nowhere like yeah and, like she had that was crazy and the the there's kind of no stakes no. to it at all. It's like she's fine. It's terrible um, CGI. Now it, it's only on screen for a second, but it, and it looks almost like one of those. Yeah, it looks almost like one of those pre- police visualizations where it's like if you can imagine what it was like when she got blown up. We have this little paper standee to show you. Um, but like she gets blown up, she ends up in hospital and then gets like leaves hospital almost immediately. No, he he goes in. To yeah, see her. no, he does, and then confronts. And and they sit together and he says, um, since you're unwell, I'll give you long distance. But like as if as if they were gonna kiss anyway. Is it a Bollywood movie? Like even though they're married yeah. um and he's widowed, um <laughs> they're not gonna kiss. Very quick one there as well in terms of like the hour long flashback that happens in the middle of the movie, which I feel like we haven't talked about nearly enough. It's weird because it it's a very Hollywood thing. Like we mentioned like Dubai, we mentioned the movie feeling like kind of like Hollywood on steroids 
in certain respects, where it like it takes some of the logic and conventions of Hollywood in the sense of its puritanism, but also like uh, its horniness, like the the paradox of the push and pull of those two things, the violence of it. Yes, like, yes, as well, the violence and the humor of it as well. Those two poles as well existing. Well, it's it's it it's kind of in 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 the American context, it's like violence needs to be kind of um, seen and nurtured and supported like that it needs to be part of kind of our culture i guess i don't know sorry maybe 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 that's, that's a, a, maybe a, a bit, bit harsh. cynical coming coming from like a neutral uh, perspective um, uh, perspective as irish people but like it, it, it's things like the the revelation that you get in the middle where everything about chubble pande is explained so it's like, how did Chubal Pande get his name? Oh, it's because this girl that he fell in love with really liked bulls. She liked so bulls. That, that, yeah. So he took that name. Why does Chubal Pande wear his sunglasses on the back of his shirt? Because she tucked it in that one time, and that's now why he does it. It was not all questions that you'd wondered, like watching the bang one and two. Yeah, no. Um, or like, what's the other one? Why did he, why did he become a police officer? And it's like because he saw a really cool police officer that one time kick down a door mustache. with a mustache, played by his brother, his younger brother, actually, which is interesting as well. Well, it's kind of that it feels like in the movie that the reason he becomes a police officer, he has that sort of idea in his head of the cool guy with a mustache, but that he doesn't really um, get it until the guard or the warden kind of convinces him. On, yeah, but but that it's not only the warden kind of recognizing that he has this kind of gift, uh, gift for violence, for, for 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 violence, like like James Cromwell says to Russell Crowe in LA Confidential, um, in LA Confidential, but um, but it's also that he now has a mission to kind of um, you know, re, um, of revenge or redress to rid the world of of crime and violence or whatever um but like that that's the thing is that like it's something that i see very frequently in modern american movies like coming off the success of like batman begins you start seeing these movies that like explain everything about classic characters that don't really need to so you've seen solo a star wars story right right yeah that has a big scene where it's like han What's your surname? So dark. Yeah, who are your people? I'm alone. We don't need yeah, to so know that. Solo. It's like, but, but like, why is Solo a name that needs explanation and Skywalker isn't? Like, what? Why? Like, why is Solo a weird surname to have in the Star Wars universe? Don't uh, don't think oh, that we aren't going to get an explanation of like why Skywalker. <laughs> he walks in the sky, but like things like the the modern Cruella movie as well, which is like. Oh, she her name was Estella, but she was cruel. That's why she's called Cruella. One time she stole a fancy car and it was a Deville car. So she took the name Deville. Um she why doesn't she Oh Christ. Oh, you haven't seen this yet. This is all this is all true, by the way. This is I'm not making this up. Um why does she hate Dalmatians? Because a Dalmatian murdered her adoptive mother. What was that? You, you, you heard me, Andrew. Um, you know you cut out for uh, Why does Cruella Deville hate Dalmatians, Andrew? Because Dalmatians pushed her mother off a cliff. 
this is a thing that Dalmatians yeah, do. Yeah, just randomly. They're very aggressive. Apparently. But, like, that's the kind of thing, like, it's weird that, like, Debang... I, I was most proud of... I had a dog as a child. It's a West Highland White, which is quite a small dog. Like, it's not quite a toy, but it's definitely a small dog. And a Dalmatian... Did it murder somebody's parents? <laughs> no, a Dalmatian is quite a large dog. But Dylan... Dylan was his name. Um, he, 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 he did. One of my mother's friends had a Dalmatian, and she came around to visit. And the two dogs were in the back garden, and I was really proud of oh, of, uh, of Dylan that he managed to kind of, you know, hold uh, his own or bully the Dalmatian. Yeah, he he. He made love oh, to a Dalmatian okay. oh. in, in spite of being half the size, a very small dog. Like, can you did like the, the acrobatics yeah. of that and the balance? Like to to he would have yeah, had his own little dance to, number. Um, first of all, to get there, but secondly, to stay there. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or, I was very impressed, and I, I thought, like, like. <laughs> It, it it goes to kind of demonstrate once again the kind of person that I've been caricatured as. <laughs> I do like I do like that when I was like, yeah, you'll appreciate the sequence where like Panday takes his brother to a brothel. And you're like, Andrew, Darren, what do you think I am? Now, excuse me while I tell a two minute story about my dog Dylan riding a Dalmatian that was twice his size. Um, <laughs> so like, proud yeah. that day. <laughs> That'll do, dog. That'll do. Um, <laughs> Can we talk about the reverse worm? Oh, that he does on during the dance uh, sequence on his back. Yeah, and then, but but he follows it by doing an actual worm yeah. and whipping the belt and then around him. He escalates it by a whip yeah. worm. Oh yeah, well that that's the weird thing where, and again, this is the thing with the dance where it's like weirdly puritanical but highly sexualized. Where he's rubbing, he's using the belt and kind of rubbing his ass at the same time with it. Where he's kind of like he's kind of. Yeah, it's 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 very intense, is what that video is. And then you have the director show up, and the director is kind of like, uh, "Hey, let me just uh, touch your shoulder there. Let me just do something maybe a little bit inappropriate." And Simon Khan's like, "Why don't you uh, walk her out?" And he says, uh, "And then he says, no, not like that." It's like, "Okay, fine, you can, you can leer. That's okay. You're allowed leer. Anything more is inappropriate." This is. This is immediately following the scene where the minister gets stabbed to death. <laughs> um, and, and immediately preceding the scene where it looks like every every background dancer in that song is getting like brutally murdered and like having their throat cut uh, when they go to the barbers. Yes. And like it's really weird because the song the song is like about how sexy how sexy Panda is. Body of a model but he wants to be a policeman. Like is one of the lines, for example. Yeah, it's interesting as well because, like, um, your man, um, Bali Singh. Sorry, his uh, his, um, his brother Mackie is a um, an informant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like uh, videotaping while somebody's been murdered. Yeah. Using a button camera. Like, I, I, 
I'm sure there are examples of this where there's like a where where there's an informant who's complicit and you're there and somebody's being murdered. It's like at that point, maybe like try to stop <laughs> that person from being murdered. Or is it just that you want a conviction so much <laughs> so badly that, that you're not going to stop the crime from happening? Yeah. We upgraded to murder one. Well, I mean, like he, he abducts one of those guys himself. Like one of those, those police officers getting like beaten and whipped and bruised gets abducted by Mackie. Mackie punches him in the face. Um, By the way, I will say again, and I, d- I don't know if it's just the debang thing. The open-handed slap, men open-hand slapping other men, is something that is absolutely fascinating. I just, I yeah, I I do want to say, like obviously I'm a macho macho man. A uh, body, 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 body. Want to punch my body, <laughs> body baby? Body, body, body. Want to punch my body? You're baby. too much, Andrew. Um, you're. I am too much. Um, but the the humiliation of being slapped in public. I remember when I was in primary school, it was a friend of mine one time like uh, punched me in the face and it was so kind of unexpected and it felt so unjust. I was like, I, 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 I kind of like felt I didn't deserve that. And it was a weird kind of a thing where it's like I could have stood up for myself physically but I was just so upset by it. That you didn't react. You kind of just uh, kind of. That, no, I just cried. Like I just started like, like, uh, you know, um, crying. And it's, it's, it's that kind of idea that is captured in the movie of like, you know, the, the um, Pandey could have slapped his brother back, but can't because he's so hurt bias you know and it's kind of interesting because again you have that um like again that that contrast between him having done that to his brother repeatedly in the past but because he's the star of the movie it's like now you cross the line yeah and he 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 feels like he's injured now we discovered her later on that (laughs) they're in it together and we should like again, not not to, not to get too distracted, but I love I love the reveal that they were working together. Comes from like Bally Singh after Bally Singh has figured it out and tied Mackie to a crane, making all of it completely irrelevant. Like the entire plot would unfold <laughs> exactly the same way if he just said, "Oh, by the way, I tied up your brother as well." Um, there's no need for any of that stuff whatsoever. Um, and like. It's it's that thing that they do. It's it's something that I think like it's it's something that's I love parodying, where the climax of the movie is two guys discussing to one another how they have already outwitted each other. So, you know, on one hand, Bally Singh is like, Oh, I figured out your brother was a spy ages ago. He gave one thing away, so now he dangles to his death and I have defeated you. And then in response, Pandey's like, Oh yes. But you didn't realize I won this battle last night when I snuck into this abandoned mine and planted loads of landmines that are triggered by specific pressure points in this pit where I'm standing right now. That aren't yep, going to kill anybody. That aren't going to kill anybody. Um, which I, I kind of like. It's the, I already won this battle 15 minutes ago kind of logic, but just extrapolated backwards. And again, that kind of like, 
the, the writers figuring out as they go. It's like, what if there were landmines and he planted them last night? It's like, do we need to set that up? Do we need to tease that? Nah, it'll work. No, not it'll at work. all. Yeah, like, you, you, if they knew what they were doing, they could have done yeah. that. You know, they, 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 this film feels unconstructed. You know, that, 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 that it, it was just kind of a bit like, I don't imagine you can relate to this, Darren, because I feel like when you were in college, you probably, um, you know, structured your time quite well and like made a plan and kept to it and that sort of thing. You know, when it came to kind of like producing assignments and deadlines and that sort of thing. Um, but that sometimes um, when it came to pre- pre- um, producing things um, and college seems like the most kind of um, appropriate for me anyway. Well, it's because you're not being supervised by parents at home and your teacher isn't more directly guiding you and stuff. Right. So you're 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 responsible for yourself for the first time, really. Exactly. Where 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 these things can kind of um, they just are what they are, and just like kind of you know, <laughs> you know, hope for the best, and that it's kind of like what this movie is yeah. like, you know, and that sometimes kind of like the thing the thing about like I think that we're realizing about bad movies and good movies is that um, you don't exactly yeah, know until you until as, in, as in like you can you can work very hard on a terrible movie and you could just kind of luck into a masterpiece so to speak just have things come together yeah yeah but similarly like it it can be clear from watching a movie that you didn't really know what you're doing and, <laughs> and kind of just <laughs> Somehow um, it works or somehow it doesn't. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, 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 I feel like that's maybe the case here. And before we go, just one moment I want to, to single out, actually, because I did laugh out loud at it. Um, and so, you know, we've been rather harsh on this movie. Was it when Mr. Peanut died? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because we do get that. Like, and, like again, like uh, this is one of the things where I, I like know that it's probably objectively bad filmmaking in that it's it's not, you know, good and not something you should encourage. But I absolutely love the way in which like stuff like circle like arc shots or slow motion shots are intercut with shots that are moving at regular speed. So like the sequence where like Pande is rushing to catch his love as she falls, he's moving in slow motion, but we keep cutting back to like Bally Singh moving at regular speed and her falling at regular speed as well. Or the moment where like they're trying to, well, and also the fact that they replay that as well, almost immediately in case the audience has forgotten it. I just died <laughs> in your arms tonight. Um, or, or moments where like... um. I think it's when they're trying to tempt like Mackie and he has the kind of like usual suspects S flashback, but like they keep cutting to the other guy and then they keep cutting back to halfway through this arc shot around Mackie. So the camera is like spinning around him, but it's also like a two point conversation happening between shot, reverse shot with a conversation with the other characters in a way that I kind of love because it's so maximalist. It's like, all of the directing techniques simultaneously without worrying about how they fit together. It's like, yeah, 
this one shot works. Let's let's put that in there. Um, but the moment that I did want to single out that I loved, uh, that I like laughed out loud. It kind of like I I did burst my gut laughing about was the moment where during the meeting with Mackie and the minister, where uh, Dabu his his henchman, his little assistant who is like really terrible. But the, <laughs> yes, the moment where he has. Yeah, I think I know. He has the big Bollywood dance number in his head when he sees, and it's so incongruous. It's so incongruous, and then you just cut back to reality. And he's singing it out <laughs> yes. loud while sitting in the chair. Uh, and it comes out of nowhere and it doesn't go anywhere. But I did laugh out loud because it's like, yeah, this is this is what, as an audience member, a lot of these dance numbers kind of feel like. Um, exactly. No, and that felt really um, kind of uh, uh, re- refreshing, I guess. That kind of um, awareness of how surreal and odd and unusual this is. Exactly. Well, not unusual, but how like the conventions and how you apply them in weird ways. Another mo- moment I enjoyed was was the scene you have. I think it's Mackie is being contacted um, by phone. Oh, by his um, text <laughs> message and WhatsApp. And WhatsApp by the man in his car and then. Pri- <laughs> and then private meeting (laughs) (laughs) again like a lot of the commitment to bits works relatively well we should also actually before we go just single out like we talked about the three cans of bollywood we've covered amir khan uh we have covered salmon khan we have not covered Rukh khan who is the third can of, of bollywood um and he appears in this movie oh really and it's a sly reference an in joke because it's that moment where Salman Khan, where Pandey looks at his Koshi's wall and he's like, DDLJ, which is Diwali Dulhania La Javanj, which, and I apologize for mangling that, but it is the longest running film in the history of Indian cinema, which has been screening at cinemas for 25 years and is one of the formative texts of um, like Bollywood. And it stars Shah Rukh Khan. And I do love that the joke there appears to be Salman Khan looking at arguably one of his only two rivals in Bollywood and desperately worried that the scene partner he's sharing with has a crush on his competitor rather than him. So you have the moment later on where he pastes his own head over the poster, which I kind of adored as well. Uh, I thought that was quite funny. I I I laughed at the point where Mackie roars like a lion, <laughs> and again while fighting sex traffickers as well is the thing. Um, <laughs> um, what I will say actually, and again, just quick shout out to the Debang theme at the start because I actually, and again, maybe it's Stockholm syndrome because every Debang movie has that Debang 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 Dang kind of theme going to it at the start. Um, there's a moment in Debang 2, which is like now one of my favorite moments in cinema, where he does the dance move where he adjusts his belt, like he goes left to right, left to right with his hands. But in Debang 2, there's a moment where during the dance, the belt adjusts itself. His hips and his belt move as if like powered by some invisible hands. And it's just beautiful. And I feel like that deserves a shout yeah, out as well. It's it, it, like um, uh, cock exercises. It's the tenacious D thing of like um, cock push ups. Lift yourself up, or where the, the, the everybody is done in with like, well, sorry, I shouldn't say everybody. Some of our listeners don't have penises, 
Um, I love the assumption that everybody with a penis has done whatever it is that you're about to suggest. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Who've lifted headphones up and down with their penis like like they're lifting like barbells. Uh, I feel Um, like I should let listeners know that um, we record all we record all of our on location recording at my house with my headphones, not with Andrew's headphones. So just in case any guests are listening to the podcast and are feeling slightly uncomfortable at this moment in time. <laughs> but where where there's like you're only exercising one, one part of, of one muscle in your penis that you should also be moving your belt buckle from yeah. like left to right. Uh, there's a moment at the start where like somebody goes to stab him below the waist and you hear the cling. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, wait, right. is, is his penis made of metal? Is that what that's suggesting? His penis moved the belt <laughs> into buckle the into of the, the path of the weapon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's got a penis that is like pushing prehensile, yes. around like like yeah like 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 he's in the coliseum yeah. and, and he's holding a shield Sword. Um, i love it when i actually do love it when we don't have guests because i really hope we wouldn't have this conversation with a guest um but um and and very very quickly, um, one observation that has been made about like, and again, we talked a lot about the film's feminism, but like the 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 fact that the the film exists primarily to justify a sequence in which fifty three year old Salman Khan falls in love with a twenty one year old actress, um, like that pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, we talked about the movie kind of loving him, um, and I do love the reveal of him without mustache, where it's like, yeah, he's twenty one, he looks twenty one. He looks great. He does look great. He yeah, like 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 as as silly as he looks, like and his whole physique. like physique and and that. It's I mean, great. I I don't it look. Is, I could never is. look like Salman Gatton. Like I, you know, again, credit where credits due. He have fantastic skin. Like the scene where he's like yeah. shaved with the Gillette product placement as well for your for our Justice League <laughs> listeners, which is again another example of Debang being like, "Yep, this is this is just how films are made, no matter where they are made." Now, you know, where it's it's very much like, "Yep, I use the same shaving foam as Bruce Wayne." Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, and and then yeah, so that's that's really then about it. I think for me, unless there's anything else you want to discuss, anything we haven't talked about already, anything jumping out at you. Oh no no! I, uh, I mean, like we we, we could we uh, could continue at length forever. We keep um, going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I think we're and okay. and again, just to bring it back to that kind of like weird tonal thing with the feminist subtext, where like he is a feminist, but the entire arc with Raji in the film is learning to accept, not to question him. I'll never tell you to make stupid sentimental promises again. Like Raji's big arc is learning not to make unreasonable requests of her husband, like that he put her before his job, which I kind of love as like the big, the big central theme. It's kind of weird because his initial love interest is going to be a doctor. Yeah. And I, I think you've made in, you've made reference to this already. And about how he ends up with somebody who stays at home and is like a very traditional wife. Yeah, which is very traditional. And and I do love that, like at the end of the movie, he points out that like the plot structure of the three Debang movies is that the villain kidnap his wife at the end and use her as emotional leverage. I love that even like 
even Pandey himself is like, yeah, this is a bit done at this point. He does a lot of spade work. Yes, yes, he does. Some really good, really, really good spade work at the climax as well. So much. I don't like, and and there's a point where. Um, and symbolism, Andrew, symbolism, because he's using it dramatic irony. There's a point where, um, like, his brother and wife are up there, and she says, like, hey, like, aren't you going to rescue us? <laughs> she interrupts his like, big speech. Hey, we're, like, like, you know, it's like, hey, we're still here. I, I did smile at that. Sort of. Um, <laughs> because he's. He has created a mound <laughs> where, like, presumably he's going to keep going until the rest of the ground is level with where he's buried his Bally Singh. enemy. Well, no, he, the thing is, he's he's um, delivering a stirring monologue to his dead opponent as, like, such shall you reap, so shall you sow. And it's like, yeah, you might want to help your, your brother and wife down now. That might be the priority here, which I like. Finally, he makes a reference to the 2016 um, Indian demonetization. Yes. Andrew was sitting there waiting for that. <laughs> and it's just at the end. In the credits. Yeah, where it's like another of these. And again... And again, um, like Fast and Furious stuff there, where it's like, this is... Look at how unusual our family is, where you have several grandfathers. And, you know, if you, if your grandfather didn't die, then you wouldn't be the grandson of this nice man. That sort of thing. Yeah, and the the the, the, the um, in relation to the um, demonetization, I think it's um, uh, and a bad power, exactly. Yeah, from the bugle. Um, you, from the bugle. Yeah, who 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 speak a lot more eloquently than I could. Well, that was to defeat like corruption, and uh, that was uh, like one of the big arguments for it, wasn't? Yeah, it? but it was insane. <laughs> it was it was it was it was a wild <laughs> piece of, of 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 kind of policy, whereas like the fight was it the and five hundred one thousand are are no longer. Um, like currency, and it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> this there, 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 there are so many kind of cases that just like boggle the mind in um, Indian kind of politics, and there was a case where um, somebody was working for the mint. Or some, or 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 for the, or for the um, national bank or something that I assume, yeah, yeah, and for the national bank, and was producing their own money, <laughs> like literally just printing for themselves, like printing money for themselves, <laughs> and they were found to have done this, and so were therefore fined, <laughs> and they paid back with their and own money, did they? <laughs> <laughs> with their Amazing. own money, just printed, printed money to pay the Amazing. I don't think we're going. I don't think we're going to top that. No. All right, so I think that about wraps it up. Unless there's anything else we want to talk about, anything we haven't discussed already in relation to the movie, um, we should mention it is available on Amazon. Uh, one of the th- arguments about the, the challenge facing Bollywood is that it is like piracy and streaming are eating into Bollywood's ad revenue as well, uh, and Bolly- Bollywood's revenue. So. 
the idea that you have you have studios like Netflix and Amazon like investing in Indian films. Like we've talked about how And Had Hoon, the, the movie we saw a couple of years ago, which I loved, which I adored, was streaming on Netflix, for example, and this is streaming on Amazon. So again, this idea of Bollywood modernizing. Give your money to Jeff yeah, Bezos. I mean, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, no, no problems there. Nothing questionable going on there whatsoever. All right, then. So we're going to wrap up. But Andrew, recommendations for people. What are you enjoying at the moment related to the movie, unrelated to the movie? Something that's bringing you pleasure. I'll, I'll, I'll recommend a few Outside things. Outside of lifting headphones. Yeah. <laughs> I won't go into what brings <laughs> me pleasure, Darren. Um, the... Um, uh, so Salman Khan, uh, his character uh, Sunday breeds fire in this, um, uh, much like a dragon. I've been enjoying some of the Discworld um, stuff because in the last year, I sh- uh, shamefully um, got into Dungeons and Dragons. So I've been. Um, there is no shame. You've been quietly trying to turn this into a Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> podcast. It's been slowly happening. But I, 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 I found that there are some authors who can do what I want to do with the genre of um, kind of D and D or kind of fantasy, which is what Terry Pratchett does. Which is, which is. Um, it's produced a very sort of um, uh, satirical. Um, uh, relevant um, stuff and something I, I recently um, uh, listened to on audiobook was um, Nightwatch um, from the kind of Discworld okay. series um, which, um, which, which I enjoyed a lot. In terms of things that you can um, see on Amazon I'd recommend The Night Manager Starring Tom Hiddleston Exactly. It's very good. Hugh Laurie the books, and oh, oh yeah, the John Le Carre books. John Le Carre. Books are very good as well. Um when you mention um it's funny you mentioned Hugh Laurie, because obviously he's in the night manager. Hugh Laurie was a big fan of Le Carre on the cast, really. And uh Hugh Laurie wrote a book called I think it was The Gun Seller. Um, and he which plays is great. a gun seller in this. In, in yeah, in yeah, but they, they, he he um, he has written a work of um, kind of uh, uh, in 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 the sort of spy genre, which is quite good. Um, it's difficult to find, but like, uh, look 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 for your local kind of um, bookseller bookseller for the gun seller I, I i i um if you look up you larry there's not that many books he's written i think he he might have written one and then kind of almost written a second so you you should be able to find it no problem um there is a part of this where there is a candy offered and it looked like a golden whisper and it made me think of a golden whisper. I recommend golden whispers. <laughs> golden whispers. Um, you're never going to dance again. Lonely shoes have got no rhythm. Uh, Guilty feet have got no rhythm. <laughs> uh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Though it's easy to um, pretend. I know you're not a fool, Andrew. 
<laughs> Thank you, Darren. Uh, together, together. Um, in term in terms of like tongue and cheek action movies, I'd recommend Regruber. Um, yes, you watched it. It's great. Yeah. I I only watched it lately, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and it reminded me a bit of this um, in some ways. Well, before we go, just one more thing that I think you will adore about this. One of Christopher Nolan's favorite films of the 21st century. Really? McGruber? McGruber. He sent an email to the production team working on the TV series and told them that the world is watching. It all depends on you. <laughs> which I kind of adore. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. No, that, and I, I kind of see that as well. Like, I, I, I feel like... Yeah, no, we'll we'll probably yeah. When we talk about tenant, we'll probably in, get into that in the past or in future. the future when we <laughs> simultaneously, <laughs> simultaneously, yeah, yeah. We'll do a simulcast with this and Um And in terms of evil winning, uh, because the good can never stoop so low, um, I've um, also been listening to. Because that's how I've been reading books lately, is mostly through audiobook. Well, while uh, walking, this, it's quite handy. Yeah, this, this spy who came in from the cold. Um, and it's this kind of an idea that was novel at the time, um, which was of there being a kind of a, um, a ambiguous kind of between to the Cold War, there not being a clear right or yeah. wrong sort of thing, or the the good guys not being the heroes, that sort of thing. Right? Yeah, of of the idea that like, even though our policies are of democracy and of um, kind of liberalism, uh, liberalism or yeah, yeah, but that we can't be any less devious than our opponents. And the, the 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 idea, I guess, at, um, yeah. And the, 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 Le, Le Carre is a very good kind of a mirror to the um, British um, establishment, diplomatic establishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And even coming into like the twenty first century. I, Lakari is is no longer around. Um, he died, um, I think, in December of last year. But up until his death, had been kind of providing this very kind of like it, it never felt like counter-establishment, but it it, it, it perhaps it, cynical or or interrogatory. Yeah, or, yeah, like like almost representing the establishment against the establishment and in, in 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 terms of things like brexit even also like the war on the war on terror and and when we talk about the night manager like um the arms trade um so the, the, there was a kind of a thing with le carre after like kind of 1989 or 1991 where it's like what are you going to write about now? The world, the Cold War isn't isn't kind of, but that that was the question that was kind of prefigured by things like um, the spy who came in from the cold, or sorry, um, uh, yeah, no, the spy who came in from the cold was, are we better, and can we be better? 
And that was the real challenge. It's like once, if capitalism beats communism, like what then? What does it have to measure itself against? That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are 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 we are we any better? And what makes us any better if we're capable of the same like mendacity? I guess. I mean, like, have you seen um, a Most Wanted Man, one of Philip Seymour Hoffman's last movies? I, I that that might be one of the next um, because I've I've finished all the Smiley books. I think I went through eight of the um, kind of George Smiley um, books, and um, the last one I guess was The Secret Pilgrim. I think. Um, and um, after the spy who came in from the cold, I had the Looking Glass War, and then obviously like um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and the Honorable Schoolboy, and uh, Smiley's People, and all that sort of thing. So the, 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 no, just because um, you mentioned the kind of like- I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that and to the movie. Because he... I, 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 obviously, watched the Richard Burton. I was going to ask, um, have you also seen this by who uh, came in from, from the cold, starring Richard Burton? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I enjoyed it. Like it's, 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 um, it's, uh, it's good. And there is a movie of the Looking Glass War as well. Yeah. Because the car um, kind of reminds me a bit of, uh, is it William Gibson, where you have this writer who, like, at the time is so far ahead of the curve. And then it's interesting to see them apply what you have considered to be a historical or futuristic perspective to the modern world or to a world that has caught up, which is kind of what I find fascinating about A Most Wanted Man is, like, <clears throat> you know, things like, obviously, The Tailor of Panama, because that's also the car, isn't it, as well? Like, yes. things like that still felt like they were of a piece with, you know, the spy who came in from the cold. And A Most Wanted Man was very much a post-9-11 movie, and it was kind of interesting to see that through the lens of the car. It kind of reminded me of Gibson, who, like, started out doing all this kind of futuristic cyberpunk stuff, and who, like, eventually was like, yeah, no, the world caught up with me. My modern novels are just, like, set in the past. They're set back in 2008, because that's the world that I imagined. It's the covert becoming overt, isn't it? Yeah. Like and and it's 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 those who are kind of privy, because I I I guess kind of like at the time that um, he was coming to sort of prominence, he was having to kind of let on that like oh he worked in in the public in you you know in 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 the public sector, but wasn't a spy. And had no, and that was like a complete work of like, you know, that was entirely contrived. And then it's transpired later on that it's like, no, no, it's 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 based on me knowing um, these things and of having run um, agents and on all of these sorts of things. Like that he wasn't just some person who worked in Whitehall and in an administrative capacity. Um, and again, sorry, I just kind of, it again, reminded me of Gibson. It was Pattern Recognition was what I was thinking of, which was a book that was written in 2003 and set in 2002, which is one of those great history catches up with science fiction moments where it's like, yep, yeah, the future I imagined has already happened. 
Um, all right, then, in terms of, of recommendations from myself, very quickly, um, everybody's probably recommended this. By the time this podcast is coming out, it is probably horrendously out of date and no longer hip or cool, but feck it, I'm going to recommend it anyway. Um, because you can watch this on a streaming service, Amazon, uh, you can watch another thing on another streaming service. I watched uh, Bo Burnham's Inside on Netflix, and I found it uh, quite incredible, uh, to put it frankly. Um, it is a piece of... It's it's sold as a comedy special. I'm not really a comedy special kind of person. Um, I don't necessarily like stand-up comedy as, as an art form. It just doesn't work with me. It's very long, isn't it? It's, it's a problem with it. It's uh, As in, sorry, stand-up comedy as a kind of a... I've listened to Jerry Seinfeld talk lately about, like... How an hour and an hour and ten minutes is like the the kind of what you're aspiring towards as a comedian. But I I don't know if it works as a kind of a a, um, a format as that. Well, not not for me. I know that there are lots of people who do love it, and particularly like the tendency towards kind of confessional or conversational ones. The and again, like you had that kind of Dave Chappelle special quite recently as well, which I think a lot of people really loved and kind of really admired and really connected with, and I completely understand that. But I was thinking more so so Burnham's Inside is interesting because it's it's a high concept piece. It is a special that he recorded entirely in his own bedroom. It's a collection of kind of like sketch pieces and songs that he's he's filmed and produced himself. He's done all of the work. He's his own writer, producer, editor, director, star. And it becomes this kind of study of somebody who is dealing with this incredible situation that we've all lived through by channeling his energies into creativity and trying to figure out what he can do and when what he's done will be done and at what point he is documenting himself versus documenting the project that he wants to capture in the back and forth within that. I, I think it's remarkable. It's it's one of those great examples of like internet art culture training somebody to basically become so literate in the art of storytelling that they can create this kind of postmodern tableau where it's like, yeah, this is like a Vine, this is what, you know, Vine videos prepared me for. This is what YouTubing prepared me for. I don't need a crew. I don't need a cast. I don't need a cameraman. I don't need an editor. Yeah. I don't need a writer or director. I can do all of this myself, but taken to a maximalist degree, at which point it kind of like all unravels and untangles and becomes something very complicated, I find. We, uh, that you don't you don't need a um, like a camera crew because you taught yourself. Uh, you only see, you only see what your eyes want to see. Um, how can life be what you want it to be? You're frozen because um, your heart's not open. Your Andrew. heart's not open. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> All right then. All right then. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we don't have a guest this week, so I'm just going to very quickly plug some of my stuff very, very quickly because I don't normally do yes, that. Yes, um, absolutely do. Um, yeah, so uh, I've written a couple of books. Um, I've written a books on um, The X-Files. On you have. You can order them online. Darren, why? I, I don't know if I told you about this, but I was looking for something lately. I was, I was, I was searching through emails trying to find something, and I found, like, an entire novel. <laughs> That you sent to me, and you never read. And I, 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 I was reading it. Okay. Um, okay. And, and, and and but no, I'm a terrible <laughs> friend. Um, yeah. My 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 friend Katie, who writes books as well, 
Uh, she says, I don't mind if you don't read my book, just buy them. <laughs> so the issue was you asked for that specifically. Like you were like, I, I mentioned yeah. I was doing it. You're like, yeah, I'd love to read. And I'm like, I'm not sure I want to show somebody. And you're like, no, come on. You can show me. You can trust me. I, I'll, I'll treat it with respect. And love. <laughs> nobody else, nobody but you has seen that book, by the way. Really? Uh, no, several people but you have seen that book. But it's a very select group. It was a thing that I did to prove that to myself that I could write a novel in 10 days. Uh, I wanted to see if I could do it. Uh, and I did. My goodness. Very much in the spirit of the movie that we just watched. I didn't look back at all. I just kept pushing forward. Um, <laughs> sadly, when you're writing a book, you don't have the option of inserting dance numbers whenever it feels... But you know what? I should read the entire thing. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then we can go on like kind of like a workshop of trying to make it. <laughs> Work. <a thing>. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sell it to Netflix for 8 million euro. Um, and then also... Um, very Absolutely. Like the... What should we call it? Wild summer time. Yeah, or, wild mountain time. We could do it. Wild mountain time. Yeah. Um, and also, I also do some stuff at the Escapist as well. So every second Monday, I do a video with the wonderful Omar Ahmed. And every second Monday, every other Monday, then I do a movie podcast with the wonderful Jack Packard, who we might hopefully have on as a guest at some point in the future. Uh, and I obviously do articles there twice weekly, and it is phenomenal because it means I get to call myself like a real film critic, which is. Something that I'm very proud of. I didn't think I would ever get to do. All right, then. With that in mind. No, but you totally are, Darren. Like, the, 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 um, you are um, you are great at this. I am. And you write, you write like 400 page novels. <laughs> in my spare time. <laughs> 70,000 word <laughs> like novels that you're, that you're close friends. Don't acknowledge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, great story about my mom. Um, so my mom was a big fan of like the girl with the dragon tattoo. So I took her to a screening of uh, the girl who kicked the hornet's nest or whatever the recent one was with Claire Foy. And while she was there, she met friend of the podcast, uh, Joe. And I don't know if Joe's told this story on the air. Uh, but Joe was like, hey, you must be so proud of your son. He's like written books. Uh, and, you know, he's like an expert in his field. And, and mom was like, you know, I never actually read any of them, but I'm very proud of him. <laughs> um, but that is what we aspire to on this podcast. Yes, we'll be back next week. Hopefully the wonderful Jen Gannon will be joining us. We will. It seems that July is the month that we are going to be spending on the bottom 100 because we are going to discuss Swept Away. Oh, wow. Which is a remarkable film in a number of respects. It me. It is the third Guy Ritchie film chronologically it is his third film his first two appeared on the top 250 and are still there and we've talked about those and this completes the journey the trifecta the only director with two movies on the top 250 and one on the bottom 100 also a starring vehicle for Madonna also a remake of a classic movie and also something that I think Jen is very excited to talk about so we'll be back next week talking about that I am very excited about that yeah and it's it's, it's when uh, Guy Ritchie's career went brown bread I don't think we're going to top that, so take it easy, guys. <laughs> Bye. No, it's, a, it's a poor... <laughs> <laughs> the guy, Richie. Oh, I'm here to kill your monster. Um, oh, I'm Beowulf. Um, we should just leave that in. Um, all right. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. 100%. Cheers. It is very late. I'm sorry for keeping you so late. Take it easy, Andrew. I love you too, super sexy. Man, hold on.